5 o'clock in Pirate Country, and 94.3 The Game is going to get you home with the P-Man. In 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Lock it in. Turn it up. It's time for the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. This is the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. Welcome into the Patrick Johnson Show. Ben B. Baby Barn filling in for the P-Man as we await his arrival. Philip the Ref Pilkington across the way. And a disappointing loss to the Liberty Flames in Charlotte. ECU falls 74-64. And the score looks a lot closer on paper than it actually was watching the game there. Uh, just a disappointing loss in general. Darius McGee, boy is he the real deal, just unloaded there in the second half. Out of nowhere, and the Pirates really had no answer, no poise, no composure. Just like a, just looked like an inexperienced team right there at the end. They really did, and this is kind of a repeat, uh, you know, like a replay of the Davidson game. It's like came out hot, tapered off a little bit late in the first half, and then the second half just looked totally lost. And they mostly looked lost when Darius McGee had the ball in his hands because boy, did he have a great second half. I mean, he started out two of twelve from beyond the arc, and I believe he ended up. 5 of 19. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I believe that's what it was. Um, they couldn't guard him beyond the arc. Uh, he made it. He had a lot of assists, and he also cut well to the basket. I think what was more disappointing than anything is we knew the perimeter defense for the Pirates wasn't great. I don't think it's awful by any means, but coming this game, we knew it might have been a little bit of an issue. But it wasn't – it just looked like a real lack of effort on defense on the perimeter and just on defense in general, just very – I hate to say it, just look very lazy. Just look very lost. Um, goes back to what I said, looked like a very inexperienced basketball team on the defensive end of the ball, inside and on the perimeter. I mean, they were getting cooked by guys that were six foot if they were wearing platform shoes. And, yeah, I mean, just the bigs just didn't look very good. Brandon Johnson uh, had very limited minutes and didn't look good when he did have those minutes. Frank had, Frank had his moments but wasn't consistent enough and went into these little stretches where – Where's Alonzo Frank? Where's Frank inside? We need him to do something. Same for Luigi. Uh, the bigs inside just really had a tough day. And then you look at the guards on the perimeter. Um, you can't let a guy like Darius McGee get open. A guy that averaged, well, not average, but he shot 40% from the three last year. I mean, that's a guy you don't want open and getting open looks from the three. I don't care if he is from a slump. He's, those are eventually going to flaw. They're eventually going to fall for McGee. I mean, first half, McGee was non existent. Second half, you get, keep giving him those open looks. From the perimeter, they're going to fall down. And it was the same for this kid, Road here. A uh, guy that only had 12 points in the ball game. None of those came from three, those, three though. And those came in uh, big moments in the ball game where it really just kind of killed our momentum on offense. Well, yeah, they did because he hit two in the first half when ECU had a comfortable lead. And then he hit his third three there midway through the second half when ECU had kind of trimmed the Liberty lead down. And it looked like there was a chance that he's using it back in this ball game, and they didn't. And, you know, you talked about the perimeter defense being bad as well as the interior defense. It kind of seemed like down the stretch there when we needed to get stops, they were over committing to the perimeter because they were tired of getting beat on the three, and there were so many backdoor 
layups hit you. You saw the one where I believe it was Brandon Johnson thought there was supposed to be a switch and there wasn't, and he's left at the elbow and his guy is making a wide open layup and you could see him. It like zoomed in on his face, him kind of you know palms up, going, "What in the world just happened?" And uh, that was just one of many examples because, like I said, they finally started you know putting so much pressure on the defending the three that they didn't defend well on the back end. Yeah, and what was even more disappointing in that second half when it came to defense is there were times where they got stops, and the Flames really shot themselves in the foot with multiple turnovers, and uh, we just couldn't capitalize. It seems as soon as we got the ball off those turnovers or those big stops, we're rushing down the court, and we're not really taking our time. You had, there was a point where there was nine minutes left and we were down by seven, plenty of time in the ball game, and we're rushing like there's a minute or two left in the ball game. It was just they're taking it up the court and just driving to the basket immediately. Let's stop. Let's slow the pace down here a little bit. Let's create some shots. Let's create some open looks instead of just driving to the basket where you're going to be defended. There's already two guys there defending you in the paint. Don't go for the shot. Just slow down. Look for the open look and, and look for look for the smart shot. And I think that was the biggest thing that I, my biggest takeaway when I heard the Dooley interview post game. I completely agree with them. Uh, just not make, taking a lot of smart shots down there at the stretch, down there at the end of the ball game when it was crunch time. Just weren't taking smart shots, um, weren't really looking for any kind of open looks, just didn't have a lot of composure and poise there at the end. And it goes back to what I've been saying, looked very inexperienced. Yeah, and it's not like they can't take smart shots because obviously we didn't see the first five minutes of the game because ESPN Plus is garbage. But after that, the next, you know, I would say. Hey, I, I have eight, you know, our very own Patrick Johnson's on the plus. He wasn't hey, on this what? call, but I, I think that's he, where he, the, that's where they went wrong. P yeah. Man wasn't on the call. He would have made sure they got on at one thirty. Yeah, they did a horrible job getting on. But anyways, the next two stretches there after that under sixteen media timeout, really till the under eight media timeout, the offense continued to play well there for the first about twelve minutes of the game, and it's because they were patient. It's because they were taking good shots. It's not like they were making amazing shots. They were just taking smart shots. And they weren't turning the basketball over either. There was a span where what they had five turnovers in a three-minute span late in the first half, and I think that was coming out of that under-eight media timeout. So it wasn't only that the shots got poor, they started turning the ball over. And then when they could hold on to it, like we said, the shots were atrocious. And it's not like, you know, I know one time, like, Tremont had to take a tough shot with three seconds left on the shot clock. You know what? It is what it is. But when you're jacking up shots with 18, 20 seconds left on the shot clock and they're not going in, that's not good offense at all. And uh, kind of the key stat here when it comes to the Pirates shot selection, specifically from the perimeter and beyond the arc, uh, 26% from three. Uh, Tristan Newton, 0 for 3 from three. I mean, that's a guy you want him to be a more of a little bit of a facilitator as we're getting ready to get into conference play and kind of showcase a little bit more maturation at the point guard position. And then every once in a while you need him to come in with a big three. Just didn't see a lot of that from Tristan Newton and really had a – Tough stretch there at the end where it was just just turnovers. He looked it just looked very sloppy, just looked very out of character for Tristan, just did not look in his element at all, just looked very rattled by Liberty's defense. And uh, that was kind of a killer there at the end for the Pirates, where uh supposedly supposed to be your best player on the team here is just having a rough stretch and not really being the facilitator at the point guard position you would like him to be. Well, and then when he did come out of the game and they put Tremont in. Tremont didn't look like he knew what was going on. Absolutely, either. yeah. You know, and that's the thing is, it annoys me when coaches think, "Oh, just because the starters aren't on, that means the t- we can't put the twos in because it's even get worse." No, Coach Dooley put his twos in. His twos look just as lost as his ones. It, you know, I don't know. 
they had travel issues or, you know, they didn't like the hotel they stayed Maybe in. Maybe they woke Charlotte up a little last bit late. Night. Maybe the you water know, was tasting funny. Yeah, I don't know if they partied too long at Char- in Charlotte last night. You know, I don't know if they were going to some Charlotte clubs. They were tired of these uh, college Greenville clubs. Said, oh, we're all 18. We can get these nice bars in Charlotte, if that's what it was. But whatever it was, they looked like that. That is the worst they have played all year. And like I said, those first 12-ish minutes, maybe 15, weren't terrible. But the fact that those last 25 were so bad, it is hands down the worst game they have played all year. And this team is a better team than that. That's, that's the other thing. It's not like this is the Pirate basketball team from four years ago. No, this is a solid team. You know, Did I think we were going to beat Liberty? No, probably not. But I thought it was going to look a heck of a lot better than it did. All right, going to take a quick break here. When we come back, ESPN Plus play-by-play announcer for ECU basketball, Patrick Johnson, will be taking things over. His analysis on the Pirates 74-64 loss to Liberty in Charlotte. All that and much more here on the other side of this quick timeout on the Patrick Johnson Show. a new P.T.'s Grill. P.T.'s Old Fashioned Grill is open on Greenville Boulevard across from Ashley Furniture with burgers, fries, chicken sandwiches, salads, even two vegan burgers. P.T.'s Old Fashioned Grill uses fresh, never-frozen beef and chicken, plus their famous hand-cut fries are prepared daily for each meal. They also have hand-squeezed lemonade and local beers on tap. For lunch or dinner, check out P.T.'s Old Fashioned Grill on Greenville Boulevard in Greenville, and you'll understand what all the excitement is about. Greenville Awning and Canopy wants you to be able to go outside without all the aggravation from outdoor pests. In addition to their custom awnings for your home or business, Greenville Awning and Canopy now offers screening services for your porch or deck. Call today to schedule your free estimate with Greenville Awning and Canopy, 252-752-1261. That's 252-752-1261. Whether you're looking for a new awning or screened-in deck, Greenville Awning and Canopy has got you covered. To say that college life has changed is an understatement. And now, Greenville has the top luxurious student living complex in the country. It's the Jolly Roger at the corner of Cotanch and 14th Street. From the rooftop pool to the first class fitness center, there's even a stadium viewing deck where you can watch your pirates. The Jolly Roger offers one to four bedroom pet friendly apartments with cutting edge detail finishes in each unit and private study spaces on each floor. Come see it at 1307 Cotanch Street or learn more at live at Jolly Roger. It's time to think about gift giving, and Bertie County Peanuts has all you need to make everyone on your list happy. Whether you need gifts for friends and family or business appreciation gifts for clients and colleagues, Bertie County Peanuts has you covered. Check out their selection of gourmet products online at BertieCountyPeanuts.net. Call them at 800-457-0005 or visit them in Windsor at Powell and Stokes. Bertie County Peanuts, a Christmas tradition all over North North Carolina. Fantastic Sam's Cut and Color Salons are open and ready to serve you. We have taken steps to ensure your safety. Our locally owned and operated salons are ready to provide your next haircut, color, highlights, facial wax, or hair treatments. Please support your local salon by calling for an appointment today. Fantastic Sam's, affordable by design, caring by nature. Locations in Goldsburg, Kinston, Greenville, Newburn, Moorhead City, Jacksonville, and Calabash. 
Chico's Mexican restaurant is the home of the best margaritas. Grab your amigos and head to Chico's every Tuesday for the Gulp of Mexico, a huge 46-ounce lime margarita for only $6.99. On Thursdays, relax and enjoy half-price pitchers of Chico's house margaritas. Choose from lime, strawberry, blood orange, raspberry, or peach. For Mexican food and fun, it's got to be Chico's in downtown Greenville and now available through DoorDash, featuring a half-gallon of the famous margarita mix to go for only $9.99. Chico's, where the fiesta never ends. Just follow me here. We're doing it for the ground. Check out pics from the PJ Show and more. Plus, pics from around Pirate Nation. 94.3 The Game, now on Instagram. Well, there are days and then there are days. At least it's pretty outside, right? Really nice outside. Oh, it's gorgeous, and we're cooped up in here doing a show. Uh, Patrick Johnson with you. And uh, the one and only uh, Ben Byron producing. Philip the Ref Pilkington's also around. Uh, get him in a little bit. He's getting some of Joe Dooley's postgame comments uh, prepared for us. Uh, this seemed like a good idea when we decided to do it a couple days ago, right? It not did, looking it so did. good. That's not looking so good now. We could have gone back to programming. People could have dealt with whoever's doing cowherd today, and instead we're here till six o'clock. Hi, yeah, yeah. Hey, well, the NFL is pretty much <laughs> out of the window. It seems like all these yeah. games getting postponed. So we got a lot to talk about here. Uh, we will get to pirate basketball. Ben does bring up a couple of things. What is it? Uh, two games moved to Tuesday, and a game moved to Monday already. Ben, uh, yep, we in got the two NFL. double headers next week. Yeah, because of COVID issues. And uh, Panthers are still on for their game in Buffalo. Uh, it was then it was going to be Cleveland State against Duke, and then it was going to be Loyola Maryland against Duke, and now it's Elon against Duke. So that's because of COVID issues. I might like that uh, matchup you, better, to be honest with you. A little in-state no, ties there. Yeah, that'll be a fun matchup. Plus, uh, Elon's coached by a guy that worked with Duke and K for all those years, and then. Um, uh, bup, 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 bup. I, th- I think it's Central Florida and Florida, maybe. I, I know UCF's involved. Their basketball game's been canceled or postponed or canceled Yikes. because of COVID. So, they, I mean, that's, that's not good. They needed it. They had a rough game against Temple uh, last – or was it last night or Thursday night? Yeah, th- mm. No, Wednesday night. Excuse me. They had a rough game against Temple at the half. It was like 13-12. to 12, So, they might need a layoff here. So, we'll lay uh, – or actually uh, talk about some of that. Uh, Pirates lose to Liberty after leading by three at halftime and by double digits in the first half. You know, and look, I know people are upset. They probably should be upset. I think that means that people care, that they're they're not happy. Uh, Pirates shot 32% in the second half, scored just 29 points, so that was a little miserable. Liberty shot the ball really well in the second half. There wasn't a really a, the Pirates in the second half. I can't say there was a bright spot for the Pirates in the second half. To be honest with you, it's it was rough. That was rough basketball. No, I mean no second half. But but here's a, a couple things I'm going to say about this. And again, Patrick Johnson here, uh, kind of a special extended get you to the weekend Patrick Johnson show. We're going until six o'clock. Uh, we're going to have uh, Cy Seymour on in about ten minutes or so. Kind of get some of Cy's thoughts on this. Uh, we'll also have, uh, in our second hour of broadcasting here this afternoon, Rini Angolia will be with us. 
uh, ESPN college football analyst. Rini's out in Albuquerque, New Mexico, Ben. Got a bowl game uh, out there? He's doing. I know he's just vacationing. Yes, he's got a bowl game. He's got the. Uh, he's I heard Albuquerque's the hot ha- vacation spot nowadays. It probably is for the Gen Xers. They got dust. Or excuse me for the. For, yeah, oh, the dust. Okay. The dusty well, out there. I assume. I, I assume. I don't know if Rini's collecting any dust, but uh, he is going to be out there uh, and uh, have the game for ESPN tomorrow. He's where the party's at. So, he is where the party's at tomorrow. We've had uh, a bowl game. Uh, taking place right now might even be wrapped up at this point maybe it's ongoing middle tennessee beat uh toledo 31 to 17 so they did win bahamas bowl there's an update on that and then we got the cure bowl tonight so the bowl season up and running uh we'll get rennie and golia to talk a little bit about uh the bowl season that'll be in the five o'clock hour uh you said no real highlights of the second half no there probably were not any uh Boy, Vance Jackson started out really hot, but he kind of vanished, and it wasn't like a deal that he vanished and was missing shots. He just didn't take shots. He finishes with a double-double, though. Tristan Newton winds up with 15. What else is new? Uh, Again, Suggs didn't play real well. J.J. Miles, okay, not great. He was a little streaky there. Just very streaky in this ballgame. He is always streaky. I thought he took some bad shots late absolutely yeah um I, probably not the best game of robinson white's career and then I, maybe i missed something did we not see frank at all in the second half but frank was in there he just was not playing very well because <laughs> he was kind of he was he was half. he was impactful early he was so, I mean, here's here's the reality of, of today's game i think the second half has obviously been an issue for the Pirates this year, Ben. We've seen we, – we have watched every single game this year, either in person or on television. Uh, and, look, I, I know they had some issues a little early on, but at least they got on. Uh, it was good. I got to listen to a little bit of the radio early on before eventually settling in on the ESPN Plus uh, You feed. made the right move. <laughs> so, well, no, no, it, I thought it was uh, – well, you had to. You had no choice. That's what I'm saying. No there was no ESPN Plus live stream uh, right. there for the first five minutes. Right at the minutes, very beginning. So. And uh, that's the first time I've heard Coach Perry this year. He's good. He does a really nice job. He, I love Coach Perry. He doesn't mince any words yeah. when it comes to interviewing Dooley. I, he, Coach Perry's done a fine job, and, and he's been great when we've had him on. We'll, we'll get him next week, I think, for one of the uh, shows. But uh, he was really great. And, you know, I mean, look, you, Liberty is a t- program. This is not a team. This is a program. That wins basketball games. They have a ton of money. They put a ton of money into it. They operate like a high major. They don't win at the level of Gonzaga as far as national prominence, but that's what they're aspiring to. But they even said it on the broadcast. Ben, do you know who has the most wins the last three seasons in college basketball? Could you name those three schools? Oh, uh, you got to throw Gonzaga out there, right? Correct. They're number one. Um, would a Duke be out there? No, Duke had, no. had some rough years. Yeah. What would be the other? Can we name them for you? Hold on, Philip. Do, Gonz- you know, do, do you got a guess? Kansas, maybe? He's saying Kansas, maybe. No. No, okay. Right, I'm, three, I'm interested here. The programs with the, the, the three most winningest programs the last three years, Gonzaga, Houston, and Liberty. Yikes. 
So, I mean, this is a pro. You know what they did in the second half? They won the game. They the got team it. They knew how to win. Exactly. They got it to where it needed to get to by halftime, which was a single possession game after being down double figures. And they came back in the second half, especially those first 12 minutes of the second half, and just really put the clamps on the Pirates. Uh, so not a great not a great day. Disappointing day. I'm disappointed. I know, I know Ben, you, you are like me. You want this program to succeed. You're disappointed. Pirates were just one of their last eight shooting the basketball today. When I was writing the preview for this game on our uh, 94 Through the Game website, uh, preview every basketball game uh, for the rest of the season, uh, I was surprised to find out the Pirates haven't even beat Liberty in this century. The last time they beat Liberty was in 1999, which was a little bit surprising to me, but it goes back to what you said. I mean, Liberty is a program. I mean, this is a team that knows how to win. They've had postseason success. They've had some tourney uh, appearances. They've had some tourney wins. So, I mean, maybe not as surprising as it should be. They, I mean, they won. They they made play winning plays down the stretch. And look, the kid McGee, I mean, what's especially frustrating about that situation today uh, with Darius McGee is there's another kid who is from the state of North Carolina, and he torches ECU. 27 points today. What hurts even more is it seems like they neutralized him in the first half. You didn't hear a lot from McGee, and then he just unloaded in the second and went on a run there where he was literally Liberty. I mean, he was couldn't cover him, couldn't guard him. One of eight threes in the first half for McGee, four of nine in the second half. So uh, your point well taken there. So that's a, uh, a tough loss for the uh, Pirates. You know, that early game's a tough game, it, you know, because – the crowd wasn't real big. You got to kind of manufacture a little bit of energy. I thought the first half, though, ECU played with some energy. They did. They Look, did. Liberty, Liberty made a run on them, went ahead a point. It was like 26 25. And then the Pirates answered with a little 8 0 run and found themselves uh, ultimately up as a result of that uh, at, at, by three at halftime. I mean, you knew the second half was going to be competitive. Uh, you knew it was not going to be a situation where, all right, the Pirates will cruise here. But uh, I, I just, I don't know. I, I think a couple of things. I, I'm, I'm not so sure right now. I'm not sure what it is in the second half. And it, it wasn't to me like Liberty made these great adjustments. Davidson made some great adjustments, in my opinion, in the second half of that Absolutely. game earlier in the year. But Bob McKillop, what Liberty did is just kept doing what they – do kept running their stuff and they started to hit some shots well it was now even they more disappointing in that second half is there were times where we created turnovers and we got some big stops on defense and we just couldn't keep our composure not a lot yeah. of poise we just ran up the court and tried to score as fast as possible there was a moment i said earlier where there was like nine minutes left we're down seven and we're trying to score as fast as possible and try to capitalize on these opportunities instead of trying to find smart shots and open looks I think the Pirates got frustrated by the pack line today. And I think to speak to what you're saying, um, trying, knowing that it was going to be a low possession game down seven with, what, nine minutes to go, trying to maybe get it all in one possession. 
And, and as you say, they got turnovers. I thought defensively ECU was certainly second half. They didn't they didn't get hands in the face of jump shooters like they should have. And, and Liberty executed really well on offense. Got them on the back end a couple times on a missed defensive assignment, and that led to an easy bucket on a cut or, or a layup. But I, I just don't think that, uh, you know, Liberty just, just stayed patient, ran their stuff at the Pirates as a result, I think, of that little game pressure down, knowing there was going to be a limited possession deal down the stretch, maybe pressed a little. Not, not to say that's an excuse. You know, the shame is Pirates got to the foul line more than Liberty, shot it pretty well, and made more free throws than Liberty attempted. Usually that's kind of a recipe for, for some form of a victory. And they were with them on the backboards. It's just uh, unable to take advantage of any sort of uh, opportunities after they got those turnovers. I mean, they forced uh, 15, in fact, not only committed, but forced 15 turns in the game. But McGee was the difference in the second half, and I just don't think the Pirates were were not as connected and together in the second half. And, and you know, played well at home. They'll have a chance, a little home redemption coming up on Tuesday. Now, that's a noon game, and I brought up that, you know, it's one of those get-your-energy games. See, I think next week you're not going to have a ton of people taking off earlier in the week because of the way Christmas falls this year. I think a lot of people are taking off from work that last week of the year, kind of have a long weekend yeah. sort of thing. So I, I think that the anticipation was, okay, well, maybe we'll have a, a pretty decent crowd. We'll, we'll have some people that, you know, are, are off work for the holiday. I think a lot of people are going to be working through Wednesday, and then they're shutting it down for the rest of the year. Tickets are only 8 bucks for these next two home games. But that noon's a tough one to get to Sure on is. a Tuesday. That, that is a tough one to get to. Now, look, the 29th, I hope a lot of people will show up. It's the first conference game. Wichita State has not been maybe Wichita State of, of, of old or vintage Wichita State. Still a very good team. It's the conference opener. People need to get excited about that and and get out and try to get uh, a good home court established. But, you know, today just does not do a lot to inspire, you know, uh, belief in that, that the second half, they look like a totally different team. And I thought ECU was a little grittier in the first half Absolutely, than they were in the second yeah. half. They were not as – they needed to be a little grittier in the second half, and they, and they were not. All right, uh, more on this game throughout. We're going till 6 o'clock today. Special elongated edition of the Patrick Johnson Show, the best laid plans, of course. Uh, let's break. When we come back, my colleague, Cy Seymour from ESPN Plus will join us. We'll get Cy's reaction to the uh, Liberty game today. We'll hear from Joe Dooley, all still to come here on the Patrick Johnson Show. More of the Patrick Johnson Show is coming up on your flagship home of Pirate Basketball, 94.3 The Game. Is your pharmacy fumbling when it comes to customer service, prescription fills, compounding, medical equipment, and enteral intravenous therapy? Perhaps it's time for you to allow HealthWise Pharmacy to score a touchdown in regards to your pharmaceutical needs. Locally owned and operated by pharmacist Marcy Parker, HealthWise Pharmacy puts you and your health first, offering top-of-the-line customer service, individual attention, and free prescription delivery to anywhere in Pitt County. HealthWise Pharmacy, 615B Memorial Drive in Greenville. Dr. 
Philip Goldstein and Dr. Danielle Hofat, the specialists at Carolina Digestive Diseases and Endoscopy Center, want to keep you healthy. These two doctors provide personal consultations and offer treatment and quality care for all your GI needs. Just call the office at 252-758-8181. Appointments are always available within five business days. Hi, this is Dr. Philip Goldstein reminding you that a colonoscopy can save your life. Visit our website, cddgastro.com, and come see us at Carolina Digestive Diseases. For a casual and relaxing dining experience, look no further than Main and Mill Oyster Bar and Tavern in downtown Winterville. Locally owned and operated by David and Kelly Munoz, Main and Mill Oyster Bar and Tavern offers a wide variety of appetizers, soups, salads, and entrees with specialty mixed drinks and a great selection of craft beers. Open Tuesday through Saturday, 4 until 10, or call 227-4399. Main and Mill Oyster Bar and Tavern in downtown Winterville. My part-time service in the Army National Guard makes it possible for me to be more for the community I call home. My training helps me at work when I lead by example. My service in the Army National Guard allows me to keep my community and those I care about safe from threats. Learn more about how you too can live and serve part-time close to home by visiting NationalGuard.com. Sponsored by the North Carolina Army National Guard. Aired by the North Carolina Association of Broadcasters and this station. At Union Bank, we understand you live life on the go. That's why our banking options are designed to serve you wherever you are. Meet with us in person at one of our local branches, complete banking tasks on the go from the mobile app, or bank from your office with convenient remote deposit and cash management services. Whether you're managing a busy schedule or an entire business, we're right there with you with helpful tools. Call or visit us online at unionbanknc.com. At Union Bank, we're everywhere you need us to be. Union Bank, member FDIC and Equal Housing Lender. My community means everything to me. That's why I joined the Army National Guard. I'm proud of where I'm from, and as a soldier, I get to give back to the people that helped me succeed. The training and leadership skills I get from the Army National Guard help me every day when I teach young people and look out for my community. If you'd like to learn how you, too, can serve part-time in the community you love, visit NationalGuard.com. Sponsored by the North Carolina Army National Guard. Aired by the North Carolina Association of Broadcasters and this station. Tweet at us. Hey, you want to see our tweets? That's creeping me out. Follow us on Twitter for breaking sports news and what's going on around the Pirate Nation. We need you guys on Twitter. Twitter. It's 943 The Game on Twitter. Ninety-four-three-thegame.com. If you missed any of our uh, signing day coverage on radio, you can go there and hear Coach Houston's comments. Uh, check it out. Podcasts galore of shows and also specialty podcasts, including on the Prowl of the Carolina Panthers. Uh, it is uh, all available. Ninety-four-three-thegame.com or wherever you download your favorite podcast. Uh, Pirates lose to Liberty today, seventy-four-sixty-four out in Charlotte. Part of the Hall of Fame shootout. Pirates uh, do not shoot the ball well for the day, particularly in the second half. Cy Seymour is uh, with us. Cy is the uh, analyst this season on ESPN Plus broadcast uh, for home games of Pirate Basketball and, of course, uh, has uh, followed Pirate Basketball as uh, the analyst for almost a quarter century. Uh, Silas, good to talk to you. I couldn't go another week without not talking to you, so I had to get you on the radio. That's exactly right. We had to get together and talk basketball. 
And uh, unfortunately, it's on a disappointing day, a game in which the Pirates, you know, you go into this and you think, this this could be a good quality win for ECU. You start out good, and then uh, Liberty comes back and plays the way that they're capable of playing. So I think Liberty did what Liberty does. They win games, and they did so in the second half uh, because they exerted their will. They were gritty. They made shots, which ultimately is, is something you got to do. And I, I just I didn't think ECU was as tough as they were in the second half. But what was it from your perspective that you saw? You know, you, I think you hit it on the button. This team, this, the Liberty team, has won 41 straight home games. They are in the top three in wins over the past three years. The other two teams are Gonzaga and Baylor. So this is a program that is used to winning, and they're very physical, and they wear you down. Uh, a lot of bumps that they, they can do and did a nice job with, and and uh, they just out-physical East Carolina, and the Pirates were in it. They just couldn't turn the corner, and that's what good teams do. They don't allow you to do that. And give credit to Liberty. They've got, they've got good players in every position. They can all shoot, and also they can cut, and, and they go hard to the bucket. Very well coached, good basketball team. Darius McGee from uh, Roxborough, and uh, he <clears throat> yeah. does not shoot it well in the first half. He finishes with 16, 16 uh, markers in the second, 27 for the game, hit four threes in the second half. And uh, uh, I said it, uh, I might have coined it from you, but it's another case of a North Carolina uh, kid coming back to really hurt ECU in a game. Yeah, he really did. He played well. He goes on the radar at 5'9", and, and teams jump off of him just like they did Clemens at Campbell, and he turns out to be one of the best players in the country. And this kid's the same way. He's 5'9", he, he's tough, he can shoot it, he can get up, he can play defense. And the other thing is, and I think maybe if you got exposed by ECU today, the ability to beat you beat guards off of the dribble, ECU's not really quick at doing that. And this kid would beat you off the dribble and set up kids for – for uh, Liberty to get easier shots, he's very quick, uh, and, and I think if there is if there is a, an Achilles heel for ECU, they're not they're good at the point, solid, strong, all the kids that play it, but not quick off the dribble that can go by you. And give credit uh, today, McGee did a great job of doing that and uh, helped this ball club to go to a victory. Yeah, uh, we got Sy uh, Seymour. Vance Jackson uh, hits a couple of threes early on. Uh, I think uh, none of that was on the beginning part of the broadcast uh, because of, I, I'm assuming, some technical issues on, on Plus's part. But uh, So I, I was listening to the first part of the game, uh, and uh, Jeff and, and Coach Perry did a marvelous job. But uh, Jackson, 15 uh, and 10, 5 of 8. I mean, shot the ball well, uh, you know, knocked down threes at a high rate. But it seemed like in the second half he kind of vanished. Did, did you notice anything Liberty did to kind of take him out of the game, or, or was he just not as aggressive as he was early? Well, here's what here's the stat that shines out. He's four of seven. The rest of the team was one of twelve. In other yeah. words, all of, this is a four man who hit four threes. The rest of the perimeter people, all of them, one of twelve. Uh, you're not you're not going to beat a team like Liberty. Uh, like that, and the difference in the game was really when you look at it, ECU four seven from Jackson, one of twelve for the rest of the team. They hit five threes, and what does Liberty do? They hit nine threes. There's a twelve point differential from the three point ball. 
you got to shoot it better than five. You, just, you in, the, in today's game, especially against a pack line defense, you got to knock down threes when you're open. And ECU did not do that, and and that's a that's a big factor in this basketball game. Uh, Patrick, but another big factor, and, and yeah. I've always believed in believe this in games that should be tight, somebody has to step up that you don't expect it from. And ECU didn't get that today, but Liberty did. Uh, when you look up at Road, the kid, six uh, eight kid, this sophomore from Kentucky, uh, junior from Kentucky, uh, he is on the year shooting 35% from three. He -hmm. goes three for three from three today. He has 11, uh, let's see, 12 points. Now, Mm -hmm. his totals this year in the last six games are like zero, two, five, two, six, two. And he gets 11 to uh, 12 today. He's had one double-figure game early in the season. He had 11. That's a guy that stepped up, and you didn't have him on your map to do that well. You knew he could play. Rhodes got a good scouting report on, but but you didn't see him hitting three threes, and that's a major difference when you're ECU and you're looking at numbers and who can and who can't. On the other side of it, when you look at ECU, the guys that you needed to step up from three, you know Jackson did, but you know when you look up, Miles was one for five, Newton for three, uh, those was uh, Frank O for one, Felton O for one, and Robinson White O for two. In other words, you got one three out of the other guys. And look, these are all good players. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that today, and it could have easily been the defensive effort by this ball club, but that's how it works. That's just how the game is played. Somebody steps up in a big game, and their kid did step up. And ECU just played a normal game today. Not, not, not crazy bad. They lose by 10. Kyle Rode, by the way, nine in the second half and uh, also let him in assist with five. Cy Seymour is with us uh, here, uh, analyst uh, for ESPN Plus uh, and uh, has all the Pirate home games this season. Uh, Cy, uh, Tristan Newton finishes uh, with 15 along with Jackson to lead the way. Miles, uh, who they kind of chased off the three-point line, I thought, and forced him into taking some tough shots, does finish with 11. Uh, Zoe Frink came back and looked really good in the first half. To me, he kind of vanished in the second. What did you, what did you see, or maybe not see, out of Frank in the second half? And again, is that maybe a little bit of a case of, of his conditioning and his wind is not there yet? I guess he was he only played seven minutes in the second half. Well, I I thought Frank played a good ball game. I think the coach and me, if I'm coaching ECU, I was frustrated a little bit by some of the calls. And and, and listen, ECU went to the line fine, but uh, the bumps. That, and, and listen, Liberty, Virginia, that, that's the style they play. They're going to bump you and be physical, and it's how it's played. If the officials let that go, then it affects you. Uh, Frank, one time, backed down, and he barely touched a kid that was 150 pounds. And yeah. the kid falls, and he gets a charge call. If that's a big man on him, Frank probably finishes. But my point is, it's not that it's a poorly called game. It's just one that's called and let, letting you get away with a little bit. And then you call that one, you say, well, wait a minute. They're bumping and hitting inside the paint like crazy. But that, that's kind of what you go through. Having said that, the officials did not win or lose that game. But they, the, uh, the style of play that Liberty likes, that kind, that kind of game favors uh, that team. Uh, Cy Seymour with us here. Cy, uh, Brandon Suggs' uh, ankle injury was uh, said to be healed, was in the lineup today but was sort of invisible uh, again. 
Uh, what did you want to see a little more out of, of Suggs today? Well, I think with Brandon, you got to really protect the basketball against a team like this. Uh, and, and again, it's like I say, when you look at the averages, everything was on average for this team from from Liberty. Not they they stayed just where they did. They get more turnovers out of the visiting team, thirteen or fourteen. ECU had fifteen. They get more. They get more. Uh, they only turned it over eleven times a game, and that was the case today. They turned it over eleven times. Uh, they they very, so you look up at the end of the game, you turn it over four more times than they did. Uh, if you're ECU, you that's, and I can I consider uh, I, I consider a turnover a, a point. So it, that's a yeah, four point yeah. swing in turnovers, fifteen to eleven. If you shoot fifty percent, and then that's what they get out of that. So uh, with Brandon, you got to protect the ball. You got to be more physical in, in these games and in the conference games. You're going to have to really get physical. You're going to have to play tough. Uh, and especially a guy like Brandon, Brandon, who's a good player, but he's going to have to be very physical yeah. against these teams coming up. All right, Cy Seymour with us uh, here. Pirates will have to put this one to bed. They'll have uh, the remainder of the weekend to uh, get back, uh, get uh, get some things worked out, and then another game that is an early start on Tuesday. Uh, you know, we were just talking about it. I, I don't think the way the holiday falls this year, I think a lot of people are going to really be working even into Tuesday or Wednesday of next week, and, and you're going to see them take the last part of the year off. In other words, what, I, what I'm getting at is I, I really am concerned about kind of a, a listless environment potentially uh, on on Tuesday with a noon start, Southern Miss coming in, and that kind of early start and maybe not what you were hoping for I hope I'm wrong as far as, you know, the, the crowd goes. A Tuesday noon start at Christmas time on the 22nd is one of the strangest times I've ever seen not being in a tournament. I've been, yeah. I don't think I've ever seen one like that. I, I remember playing at Georgia way back. Jeff and I were doing Georgia ECU, and the game uh, started at 7 at night. And, and literally, I'm telling you, when that game ended, everybody got out of that place so quick because they wanted to go home for holidays. It was it was like I mean we were the last ones in there because we had to tear down equipment and go home. But I'm just simply saying, uh, in a twelve o'clock start, I, I, yeah. I don't know if I've ever seen one like that. I, I just I, I, that's hard for me to believe, and uh, I, I don't know if it's to get planes for this team to catch or, or uh, uh, I just I'm not sure. But it is an early start. If you can come out, that's a great time to watch a game because you got the rest of the day. Uh, and that's it's, true. It's, it's uh, again <laughs> the old Conference USA matchup with Southern Southern Miss. Tay Hardy, who played at ECU, was their point guard, but he's going to be out the rest of the season. He's hurt, mm-hmm. but he was their leading player, and he was he was a ECU former ECU player. So it, it, people need to get out and support this team, but never ever forget the game on the 29th. The 29th yeah. of December, you got Wichita State coming into Greenville, and if you lo- if you love basketball, that's a game you need to get to. Now, both of these are good games to go to, but that's a conference game on the 29th, uh, and and you probably can get in there. You know, students need to come back. That's a big, big basketball game. Yeah, uh, Southern Miss coming in, and uh, they uh, you know have had some some tough luck in their athletics uh, history uh, basketball. You know, save uh, a moment or two of not, uh, you know, had a great, great basketball history. But 
look, they're, they're, if you're them, you're coming in probably thinking, all right, well, here's a chance for us to win a game where we can go in and kind of steal one in what might be kind of a stagnant environment. Uh, so he's, he's going to yeah. have to bring some energy against this crowd. Yeah, and, and really, Patrick, there. You know, we always think of them in football, but you know, when Larry Eustacey was there, their teams were yeah. excellent. I mean, yeah. excellent. And prior to that, uh, Turk was there, and and he had good teams. They've had a good program down there, but but it's been inconsistent. And the last few few years, it's really been tough. And so when you look up, uh, they're struggling right now. But this is this has always had a pretty darn good program. Uh, when I was doing radio, they were hard to beat and very well coached. And, and uh, they're coming in now a little bit down. So this is one you can get if you're East Carolina, if people will come out and support this ball club. And, of course, Joe's got to get his team up after a, a, a tough game today and a disappointing loss in which you didn't play poorly, but they played above you and they've, been, and they've got a great program. And they just did not let up, and ECU couldn't overcome it. Pirates uh, will host Southern Miss. They were four and two at one point. They've dropped four in a row. They will host, or actually, they'll visit uh, Louisiana Monroe uh, tomorrow. So they'll have a game before uh, East, they take on ECU on Tuesday uh, at noon. All right, Sai, uh, as you look at it, uh, leave us with this here. Uh, if you're uh, Joe Dooley, I don't think it's back to the drawing board, but you do got to figure out these second half slumps because today it cost you a game. Yeah, and it costs you a game against a quality opponent. You've got to pick it up in the second half. Not And, and ECU showed frustration. The freshmen showed frustration, several of them, uh, fouls that you didn't need to make. You got you, you go back, you get ready again, you got another ball game, and you just get ready to play. Not a lot of crazy things that went wrong. Give credit to, uh, give credit to this team, Liberty. They played well, and, and they finished it out. They're a good, solid basketball program. And it was a good win for them against an American conference team. But what you got to come back to, you got to come back and get ready for business again. Hey, Cy, thanks for taking a few minutes uh, with us here this afternoon. Have a great weekend. We'll see you Tuesday. Look forward to it, Patrick. I'll be right there with you. All right, there you go. Cy Seymour uh, live with us uh, here. Patrick Johnson show. We're up and running uh, here. Early edition for us. Uh, extra hour today, both the uh, ref Philip Pilkington and uh, Ben kicked things off uh, as uh, the network departed, allowed me to get into the air chair, and uh, here we are with uh, the show up and running. Pirates, uh, a frustrating loss today, and I think that's a great way to describe it. Uh, Liberty frustrated ECU in the second half, 74-64. Uh, we'll hear from Joe Dooley uh, a little bit more uh, in the way of uh, bowl game talk next hour as we'll have uh, Rini Angolia from ESPN with us. We'll uh, break down uh, the ECU matchup with uh, Boston College plus some of the other uh, big bowl games involving teams from the American and more. Rini will be on the call of the New Mexico Bowl tomorrow for ESPN, so we'll join him out in Albuquerque coming up in just a little bit. Right now, uh, the ref, Philip Pilkington, is standing by. Lots happening, and this is uh, Philip with a look uh, at everything going on in the world of sports with a sports flash update. Patrick Philip Pilkington here with your 94.3 The Game Sports Update. In college hoops, the Hall of Fame basketball shootout in Charlotte is currently underway. And right now, Virginia Tech leads St. Bonaventure 34-13 with 4.52 remaining in the first half. 
In the first game of the day, ECU fell to Liberty 74-64. Flames guard Darius McGee led all scores with 27, and Coach Joe Dooley hit on that after the game. Yeah, I mean, he was the best player in the game by far, not even close. He, he dominated from beginning to end. I like his poise. Misses, he just he never changed his body language. Um, he never changed his pace, just sort of did what he did, as did they all. I mean, they, they took advantage of every mistake we made, and uh, we didn't do the same to them, which we need to figure out how to do. Still to come in the Hall of Fame shootout, Richmond takes on NC State, and Wake takes on host team UNC Charlotte. Tomorrow's CBS Classic was supposed to be played between UCLA and North Carolina, followed by a game from Ohio State and Kentucky. However, UCLA and Ohio State have now dropped out, so Kentucky will play against North Carolina. There's also been some game changes in the NFL due to COVID. Originally, the Raiders and Browns were supposed to play on Saturday at 4.30. They have been moved to a Monday night doubleheader. That game will be at 5 in Cleveland. And two games from Sunday have been moved to Tuesday. Both of those will kick off at 7. That is the Seahawks at Rams and Philly and Washington. The Saints will be without their head coach, Sean Payton, on Sunday night against Tampa Bay. Chargers tight end Darnold Parham Jr. is in concussion protocol after a hit he took in the first half of last night's loss to the Kansas City Chiefs. Earlier today, the Bahamas Bowl took place to kick off bowl season. Middle Tennessee State University beat Toledo 31-24 despite being 10-point dogs in the game. Later tonight is the Cure Bowl. Coastal Carolina is favored by 11.5 in that one. They take on Northern Illinois. Kenny Pickett will sit out of the bowl game for Pitt against Michigan State as he gets ready for the NFL Draft. Former LSU starting quarterback Max Johnson is transferring to Texas A&M, and Adrian Martinez, the quarterback from Nebraska, is going to Kansas State. There's been some cancellations in the NHL as well, as Colorado and Florida have both been paused till after Christmas, and tomorrow night's game between the Bruins and Canadians has been postponed as well. That'll do it for your 94.3 The Game Sports Update. More with the P-Man after this timeout. Dan Patrick mornings Adam Gold middays Patrick Johnson on the way home The best sports talk lineup in the Pirate Nation is heard right here right, let's go. 94.3 The Game The flagship station of the ECU Pirates And Eastern North Carolina's home for sports Woo-hoo! More of the Patrick Johnson show is coming up Radio gets results. It is our radio fine for Operation Santa Claus. The money is coming in. The toys are coming in. Man, this is fun, isn't it? Interbanks Media has proven time and time again that we are here for our community. Gentlemen backed a truck up and had a truckload of toys in the back. I've already seen the generosity in this community, and it just makes my day to know that we have this support. We care about Eastern North Carolina because it's our home, too. Coach Joe Dooley. Jerry Jones, the mayor of Moorhead City. Mayor P.J. Conley, Curtis Strange, Coach Mike Houston is here, everybody. When you need results, you need the power of local radio. $150 donation. $250. A $10,000 match. We just had a $13,000 donation. The grand total, $101,752. Interbanks Media is here for you. Thank you guys so much. Taking care of those kids, man. And the community we serve. Here's an update from Pair Custom Boats in Washington, North Carolina. The four models have been sold and transported as far north to Maine, all the way south to Miami, and they're even shipping one overseas 10,000 miles to Singapore in 2022. 
What sets Paramarine apart from other boat manufacturers? Having customers able to walk the facility, walk through their boat bill with Brian and Paige to personally show where they want their rod holders placed, measure heights of tops, choose their color of upholstery, meet with the riggers for their custom placement of electronics, and take their first boat ride with Brian Pear to demonstrate all of their custom options. Pear also has some exciting news they're gonna be announcing in the first quarter of 2022. Pear Marine would also like to thank everyone who's made 2021 such a success. Check out the website at pearmarine.com or call 252-717-7009. Stay tuned for the big announcement in 2022 and happy holidays from everyone at Pear Marine. Dear past, present, and future football watchers, football is back just how you remembered it. Tailgates with an ice cold Pepsi in hand, totally back. That between play sprint to the fridge for more Pepsi is back, baby. <laughs> I've really missed this. Anyways, consider this your official excuse for always putting football watching first, courtesy of Pepsi. That haircut appointment, your mom told us you look great, so you should probably reschedule. Seeing the in-laws for the first time in ages. It's been so long. Nope, sorry, Susan, not if it's on Sunday. Long story short, after the year we've all had, we think you could use a little football watching. So crack open a Pepsi and cheer your football watching face off. With love, Pepsi. Made for football watching. <sighs> That's what I like. Hi, this is Billy Parker at Parker's Barbecue. Did you know that we have party rooms at our Memorial Drive location? We can accommodate parties from 10 to 110 or anything in between. We can serve family-style buffet or order off the menu. Parker's Barbecue. Come celebrate with us. Getting the Pirate Nation home. It's the Patrick Johnson Show. The drive home should be a delight. Here on 94.3 The Game, the flagship station of the ECU Pirates and Eastern North Carolina's home for sports. It is uh, anything but winter-like today. Uh, a little bit of uh, a cold half shooting the basketball, however, for the Pirates. Uh, they lose it today to uh, Liberty, Biberty, uh, and they lose it to 74-64. Patrick Johnson here. It is an elongated edition of the Patrick Johnson Show. Uh, ben Byron uh, on the ones and twos, and hey, uh, Philip Pilkington is... <laughs> It should get as well. Uh, we'll be here till six. And uh, this again seemed like a great idea two days ago. No, no, it's fun. I, I think it's been great so far. Thanks to Cy Seymour for joining us. Uh, you guys ready for a pirate report? Always ready. Let's uh, do that right now. Today's hey ben, pirate report. There you go. Now, Patrick Johnson with today's Pirate Report on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94.3 The Game. That, by the way, was Coach Riffin. That was his own little, you know, interpretation of Hey Ben. What do you think of that? He Did loved you? to bully me. I don't know. He got a good kick out of the idea that I get bullied, so. No, I don't think. I think he just wanted to light a fire under you. He was ready for me to do push-ups right in front of him. Drop down and do you 20. Could you could have. 
Uh, it is brought to you today. Leave the music up, then. It's always good to have the music under the sponsor read. This is my favorite part of the song. Oh, okay. And calm seas now. Yeah, but it picks back up here. All right, uh, Pirate Report brought to you by our pirate partners, Trans Impact. Experts at FedEx and UPS bulk rate negotiation. We fix what you can't see. Caribsea Restaurant in Emerald Isle. Exceptional steak, locally sourced seafood, and delicious signature cocktails. Fantastic Sam's Cut and Color. Eastern North Carolina Fantastic Sam's are locally owned and operated to make you look great. And Moore's Old Time Barbecue Chicken and Seafood. Bring the whole family for great food. If it's not Moore's, it's less. Uh, Joe Dooley on his team's uh, lousy second half uh, as they lose to Liberty today in Charlotte, 74-64, as heard from the Pirate Sports Network from Learfield. Hey, Ben, hit that cut. Yeah, we didn't have any composure. I mean, our, our poise in the second half, uh, when, when it went a little south, it was shot selection, and uh, we gave up too many easy baskets. But shot selection was a big part of that. It's the same thing as a turnover. We had some stretches where we didn't execute or we executed, and then we settled for bad shots and uh, hadn't done that in a little bit but I think part of it was their defense and their pack line and we we caved to that the pack line defense and didn't try to drive it and we didn't pivot and obviously we didn't make any shots that doesn't help either we heard from Joe a little bit ago during uh, Phillips update about Darius McGee's play uh, something that coach added to that and that was uh, they really let McGee be a driver in this game. Cy Seymour referenced this a little bit ago as well. Not only did he knock in the three ball with a great deal of confidence, uh, but McGee en route to his 27 was able to get to the uh, cylinder uh, as he wanted. Let's hear from Coach on that. Our ball screen defense, we, did, we, we talk every day in practice about get the ball in basket, or, you know, get the ball guarded. We came down and we were trying to push him right because he wants to go left. Uh, and he rejected ball screens, which is a major thing on the scouting report, not to let him reject ball screens. And we gave up. We were actually fortunate in the first half. We probably gave, they missed about four or five layups also. He also talked about, did uh, Coach Dooley, that the uh, Pirates' defense overall for the day, not just on McGee, but overall was really lacking. Well, here's the other thing that happens we talked about. It, it, when sometimes when the ball's not going to the basket, it, it affects your defense. They shot 52% in the second half. Uh, and we, we shot 31%. Part of it was because we took bad shots, and then we let the, our defense, you know, there's, just, there's a such thing as defensive confidence. And, you know, he, he took some of it, and then we had some, you know, he made a couple tough shots, which we said was going to happen, but we also, you know, fell asleep on a back door. We helped off him, and then you, know, you come back down if they score two, and you take a bad shot, and then that turns into another 5-0 run as opposed to just a 2 or 3-0 run. We talked about long possessions on both ends, and you're not going to be able to score on the first side, and, we talked about it, we worked on it, and then, you know, we tried to score on the first side, which wasn't going to happen. And then there was, uh, Cy touched on this, Coach touching on this, ECU, particularly the young players, kind of came unraveled and displayed uh, a real lack of maturity today. We had some, we didn't, we weren't, we're not mature enough yet to figure out when things aren't going well that you have to worry don't worry about the referees don't worry about liberty worry about what we're supposed to do and how we're supposed to do it and all those other things take care of themselves this is uh Dooley on the play of alonzo frank who is back in the lineup today we've got to keep getting in better shape and i think he's going to be a good player for us and i you know uh, i do think he gets gives us another low post option uh, i think as we get some shape we'll, we'll continue to get more productivity out of him 
And uh, Joe Dooley talked about the play of Vance Jackson, who was scintillating early on. He knocked in a couple of uh, threes. He does finish with a double-double. Uh, and uh, Joe Dooley talked about uh, the uh, senior Vance Jackson. I thought Vance played to win. I thought he tried really hard. I thought he and J.J. really, and, and I thought Tremont also. I thought those guys tried to keep everything together and try to keep doing what we're doing. But I thought Vance was very solid. I think he played the game the right way. I think he tried to do what we asked him to do, and I, I think he's getting better. Ben, I don't know about you, but I think Vance Jackson's going to be a stud. I mean, he already is, but I, I think if he could kind of continue this, and look, he played with some foul trouble today. Oh yeah, but if he could if he could continue to to do what he's doing, I, I mean, you got to have a little more out of some of these other guys. But uh, I, I really thought Vance Jackson and Tristan, but Vance Jackson. Vance Jackson especially was excellent today. And, and, I mean, look, we were kind of saying J.J. Miles, streaky, inconsistent with the shooting. You know, from my perspective, I thought he and Vance Jackson busted their ass on defense at times. Oh, I mean, yeah, they were really sure. trying to stay in front of guys, and I and I really thought that they they played tough on defense, or at least tried to play tough on the perimeter on defense. Well, I've, I've said it, it before earlier in the season, and I'll say it again, I think this team has more upside with Vance Jackson in the lineup as opposed to Jaden Garner in the lineup. And I'm not necessarily saying that he's a better player than Jaden Garner. Right. I just think he's a better fit for this team. I think Vance can, Jackson can do more at the four. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. So this is uh, Joe Dooley on um, – uh, Cy touched on this too. Boy, Cy was prophetic, wasn't he? Uh, this is Coach Dooley on, you know, road, a guy who had struggled, uh, playing a little better and scoring more points than, than he had – average coming in and uh, you had a couple of other guys do that today in the lineup as well for the flames yeah i mean they threw it and road had made seven threes on the season he yeah. makes he makes three in a, in a game today which i mean that those are the type of things that you can't have happen we talked about not letting guys get their average and then everybody got over their average so that that usually never works and then uh this is uh, coach dooley's uh primer on the golden eagles their front court is good. We, we've got to get to get. We got to get our. You know, obviously they saw that they'll see. They'll see this game plan and see if the ball was thrown inside. We're going to have to guard the post a little bit better, and uh, we'll get back tonight. And we'll get to work on Southern Miss in the morning. So the Pirates uh, on their way back from Charlotte right now. Uh, went out the night before and uh, drop a 74-64 decision in the Hall of Fame uh, shootout. Uh, we are uh, driving you to 6 o'clock here tonight. We're going to the uh, top of the hour here or just before that. Uh, 56.50, Ben, is that uh, where we're going to that here like we normally would for an hour? Yes, sir. Okay. So we got uh, about three minutes or so here. Uh, and uh, then we'll have uh, a full new hour haha, of uh, the Patrick Johnson uh, show. Uh, coming up in our regular uh, time slot. Uh, but, hey, great job today by uh, you guys. And, and let me just say this this week. I don't think we've said this enough, and I don't think we'd say it too much. But uh, our guys really did a fine job this week of, uh, of of coverage, of signing day for the Pirates, getting out there and uh, covering all those bases and bringing it to you live. Only station to do that. Uh, and so we uh, appreciate the work of uh, you guys. Great job uh, getting out there and uh, and making sure that came across. And look, you make me uh, sound better than I, I, I probably do uh, most days. So uh, appreciate that. Oh, shucks. Uh, quite a bit. Uh, but uh, 
Great job today. Look, I mean, these guys have turned audio around quickly. We're getting guests. We're moving segments. We're doing everything we need. I mean, this is uh, pretty heady stuff here. It's I've a high-power machine block. over here. Well, look, there are a lot of shops that are not equipped to do everything that we do. Oh, believe me, and, there's plenty of them. And I, I mean, and I'm not talking about the pretend shops. I'm talking about like yeah, in in bigger markets that you know are are profit centers. I mean, they're they're there's <laughs> what we're doing is pretty good stuff. So, a uh, great job today. Tough loss for the Pirates. Uh, Liberty. I mean, however you slice it top three winning his program the last few years in the nation. And uh, they played like it in the second half. And uh, they took East Carolina out of everything they wanted to do. Made it tough on the Pirates defensively because they knocked down shots. And uh, ECU got frustrated by that pack line, the young guys. You know, Felton didn't play great today. Didn't play a lot of minutes uh, after halftime. Uh yeah, just four minutes in the second half, didn't score. I thought he had his then, had his moments early in the first half, but kind of like a few other players in this uh, on this team that are very young and inexperienced, he kind of unraveled later on in the game. Yeah, and a tough day for Brandon Johnson. I you know I think he got a little frustrated uh, as well. So I mean, this is uh, you know it's a process of learning to win. And with basketball, the rosters, the way they flip now, I mean, there's, this is still got some young guys that are playing some, you know, major roles on this team. And this is a roster that's still gelling and coming together. I like this core of players. I wish Winston Tabs was healthy. I think, I think Pirate, the Pirates would be in a great spot. But I mean, you know, if ifs and uh, butts were candy and nuts, every day would be Christmas. But uh, I just, I think. You got to get a. They're, they're going to have to have four guys in double figures to win games. That's just I, I, the way I think it is. They're better offensively. Did not show it in the second half. Just did not shoot the ball well. Got to make more threes. You can't have Vance Jackson make make all your threes uh, in the first half. So, uh, Rini and Golia will join us next hour. We're going to talk a little bowl with him, and uh, we will uh, recap more of this ECU Liberty game and uh, there's a lot going on out there in the way of COVID. Games being cancelled, postponed moved left and right kind of crazy. Deja vu all over again and then uh, guys uh, we'll have a little recap of the Christmas party from last night. How about that? It was a good time. 5 o'clock coming up Patrick Johnson show. Stay tuned. consultation, free shampoo included, and scalp massage, and a fantastic cut and style. And as safety is our top priority, rest assured we are constantly cleaning and have implemented social distancing procedures. Fantastic Sam, affordable by design, caring by nature. Call for an appointment today with locations in Goldsburg, Kinston, Greenville, Newburgh, Moorhead City, Jacksonville, and Calabas.
Do you have a sportsman on your Christmas list this year? Then it's time for a visit to Greenville Marine Outdoor Shop. Just outside of Greenville on Marine Drive, Greenville Marine Outdoor Shop has fresh and saltwater fishing supplies and tackle. Plus, they carry all your hunting supplies, including guns, ammo, and a complete archery pro shop. Gift certificates also make great stocking stuffers. Greenville Marine Outdoor Shop, beside Greenville Marine, open Monday through Friday till 5.30, Saturday to 12.30. It's tailgate season. And at Moore's Barbecue, we have the perfect packages to meet your needs. From our backyard barbecue pack to our family feast pack, we will make sure that your tailgate stands out and no one leaves hungry. Come on into any of our locations in Winterville, New Bern, Swansboro, Moorhead City, or Jacksonville and bring the whole family. There's enough great food for everyone. We're sure you'll agree if it's not Moore's, it's less. Need $1,000 to $10,000 immediately for a gift for someone special, car repairs, or unexpected expenses? Time Financing Service offers competitive loan rates. Apply online and get your answer in less than an hour in most cases. Then you can pick up the cash at any of our 24 convenient locations. Apply online 24-7 at timefinancing.com. That's timefinancing.com. Time Financing Service. All loans subject to current credit policy of Time Financing Service. One-hour loan approval and same-day cash in most circumstances, exceptions may apply. WRHD HD1, Farmville, Washington, Greenville. Greenville's home for sports 24 7. 94.3 The Game and 94.3 The Five o'clock in Pirate Country and 94.3 The Game is going to get you home with the P Man. In five, four, three, two, one. Lock it in, turn it up. It's time for the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. This is the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. Been going at it since uh, 1 o'clock with... uh, Programming that you'll only hear on the flagship of the Pirates, 94.3 The Game. Patrick Johnson. Uh, ben Byram. Hey, Byron. Producing the show today. I'm trying to get Nikki Novak on next week to talk some Christmas movies. We got Spider-Man coming out. Yeah. yeah. Hype for Spider-Man. As, as uh, you know. The ref, the ref Philip Pilkington on the anchor update desk. Uh, anchoring the update desk today is what I should say. He's shuffling his papers right now. He's getting them all in order. A lot to keep up with with this COVID deal. And uh, Chill Phil providing a little production assistance today. You got a crew. Appreciate it, Chill. Yeah, we do. Uh, yeah, so I learned. So I learned. Yeah, um, yeah. We came on right after the network ended today, Pirate Basketball, so we're into our uh, second full hour. Came on a little before four, uh, Ben and Philip. Bridged us up to the top of the hour, and then uh, Cy Seymour joined us last hour. We'll, we'll relive a few minutes of that conversation with you. We'll also uh, have uh, Rini and Golia coming up later in this hour. Uh, normal uh, five to six, uh, get you to the weekend fair here at uh, at five o'clock on the Patrick Johnson show. And, and for the for those that doubt it, I mean, there are some that still do. I mean, as we often do. Do it live. That's right. Right here today. Do it live. All the mistakes are ours. Would you agree, Ben? Yeah, Ben agrees. I took over. Okay. Oh, you did? Yeah. I don't know how I feel about that. Um, 
What, do you so, think there's going to be more mistakes now? That's what it is? Huh? No, no. I just, I, 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 Ben and I have a rapport. You and I are, are continuing to establish our on-air rapport, but Ben and I have a rapport. Fair enough. Yeah, that's all it is. Uh, Pirates lose to Liberty today. 74-64. ECU shot dismal in the second half. 32%. One for their last eight to close the game. And uh, Liberty uh, ended up with 27 from Darius McGee, who uh, hit four second-half threes to help propel the Flames to a victory uh, over the Pirates today. Uh, Double-double for Vance Jackson, 15-10. And and, uh, Tristan Newton also paced the Pirates with 15. So uh, they had a a team high uh, today. We'll we'll have some more on that coming up in just a little bit. Spent a lot of time on that in the 4 o'clock hour of uh, the show. Kind of an expanded edition coming out of basketball coverage today. We will not do that Tuesday because uh, even though the game starts at noon, uh, it'll probably probably be off the air at 2.30. We're not doing the two-and-a-half-hour edition of the show for crying out loud that'd be cray cray uh plus we got to get you know post game stuff gathered with our our staff and uh so it'll be regular five o'clock show on tuesday even though ecu plays uh again against southern miss it's a noon game it's gonna be a tough uh i I hope i'm wrong i just i think that's gonna be a tough deal with the with the building and the fans that day because look i think a lot of people are working through Tuesday or Wednesday next week, and going to basically from Thursday on take the rest of the year off with the way Christmas falls this year. That's just my opinion. That's one man's opinion. So we'll have uh, our coverage we'll announce next week for the uh, bowl game. Uh, That's something to look forward to next week. And uh, we'll have uh, some other uh, news and notes to pass around uh, for you. If we have games to talk about, how many how many NFL games guys have been moved at this point? Three at least, right? The latest it's been three, yes. What what games have been moved? Update the uh, the folks on that. So tomorrow, originally tomorrow's Raiders Browns has been moved to Monday, and then two Sunday games have been moved. That's Seahawks Rams and Eagles, and the team formerly known as the Redskins, who I still call the Redskins. The Washington Football Team. They're playing on Tuesday. Correct. It's seven o'clock. Okay. So those games have been pushed. Uh, Duke has lost a second opponent, and this is all because of COVID protocols and, and COVID issues. Um, it's my understanding that, uh, I guess, Loyola Maryland is now pulled out, and now Duke is going to play Elon tomorrow. That is correct. That's what I saw. So hopefully third time's a charm for Duke, because originally Loyola Maryland was not the opponent. It was Cleveland State, and they had to pull out. And... Uh, you know, look, I, I don't think Duke's going to have a big problem with the scouting report for uh, Elon. Uh, but uh, maybe UNC and Kentucky will because they're going to have to play one another. So, you know, every year Kentucky and Duke and uh, somehow Michigan State and Kansas play in that Champions Classic. And I guess, you know, in an effort to kind of say, hey, we're, we're big-time programs too, UCLA, which at one time was, Ohio State, which has never really been, and you would see said, "Oh, we'll put together our own little deal with Kentucky." Is that the what is that called? What is the the event? The CBS Classic. Yeah, it's this made for TV thing, and the court always looks hideous, and it's nauseating to watch. 
Oh yeah, the court has the giant logos in every corner. It is yeah, absolutely it's, horrendous it's, to look at. It gives you a headache. And so, uh, apparently, uh, UCLA and Ohio State have pulled out of that, so it's going to be uh, UNC and Kentucky tomorrow. All right, uh, we'll get into a little more of the basketball here. A recap last night, we had our IBX Christmas party last night. First time in a couple of years we've had that because of, of the COVID year last year. It was originally going to be tonight, and uh, we uh, they moved it ahead of night. They moved it to a Thursday, which was fine. Just a gorgeous uh, evening, and it was uh, out at uh, the Greenville Country Club, and they kind of have that outdoor patio covered area, a little little uh, uh, open overlooking uh, the 18th uh, uh, green patio area. Now, by the time I arrived last night, pitch black darkness, so I, I did not see how great it looked. Uh, but it was a beautiful night, so I was able to spend a lot of my evening outside, which was fine by me. Uh, we had, uh, that's always a fun little event because it gives you a chance to see, I mean, there's certain people we see in the building all the time and regularly, but we did not see, uh, you know, the folks from down in the, uh, Southern part. It's a pretty expansive operation. So, uh, the, the people that work in our Southern offices, we usually don't get a chance to see them. And I got to see a couple of them last night. An old, an old friend, Bill pools in sales. Uh, and one of our uh, new sales uh, associates who worked uh, for the Trump uh, campaign, I believe it was, Kimberly. She was just delightful. And her husband, did you guys know he's a Marine? No, I didn't. He could kill you many different ways. Big-time guy. So it was nice to, to kind of you know get acquainted with those folks. I don't know. I think I could take him. No, you wouldn't have a shot. That guy was extroverted and quiet. He'd have sliced you in half, and nobody would have known. Him. I would hit him with the one-two Tyson combo. You wouldn't know what's coming. You you would not have even have uh, gotten a flinch off against that guy. Trust me. I'll, I'll have to tell you his credentials off air because it's it's pretty wild. I have to say, I am jealous of her old job. I mean, working for Trump would be awesome. Yeah, I, she did this kind of. You know, I, I didn't really get a chance to talk to her other than just a, a brief conversation, but. Uh, and then there were prizes. Uh, let's see here. I, I don't have it with me. I, I think it's uh, out in the car. I, I, I won um, the 10 of, uh, it had Baby Yoda on it. And uh, it's got the popcorn. Little Grogu 10. How about that? And it says, uh, it, it's kind of the mantra I've lived by with, uh, with, with my wife in a lot of ways. It says out there, the, the best things come in small packages. It's a good joke, boys. It's a good joke. It's a married man joke. It's a dad joke for you. And so uh, Ben swapped gifts with me, which I appreciate, Ben. And then I won a lottery ticket. I don't think we won any money on the lottery ticket. Ben got $10 on his scratch off. Did he really? Good for you, Ben. Good for you. So what did you boys think of the Christmas party? It's your first time. Ben was... Ben's come a long way, uh, Philip. You don't know how far Ben has come. Ben, Ben didn't want to go to the first one a couple years ago. I enjoyed it. The food was great. The oh. uh, the diet soda was very good that okay. I drank. I'll All say right. that's what it was. And okay. uh, no, it was it was good getting to know everybody because I pretty much know uh, you guys and Clark. And that's about it. So it was nice meeting other people. Um, GK Cafe and Catering did the food last night. And they did a marvelous job. Oh, fried chicken, mashed potatoes and gravy and green beans. 
And then lasagna, which I thought was a little bit of an odd. I did not eat the lasagna. Now, I'm not saying I have anything against lasagna, but I just thought it was an odd pairing with the meal. But that fried chicken was off the chain. Oh, it was good. That was good. Ben, did you like the food, or were you? I thought it was awesome. I mean, I felt like I was fancy. I felt like I was a big baller there for a little bit. I never had fried chicken that good. And the lasagna, I I thought it was a great pairing. It's almost like a palate cleanser. It was great. Okay. There you go. Food critic Ben Byram. So a fun night at the Christmas party. I'm I'm glad uh, it all worked out as it did. Uh, And glad you boys went. Did you like the the game, uh, the the Dylan's big ball game that we play? Did you guys enjoy that? I enjoyed it. I played that one other time, and you had to wear oven mitts when you did it, and that was horrendously hard. So I'm glad we didn't have to do that this time. Do not give uh, Dylan any ideas on how to make that game tougher. I thought that game was ruthless. I think he exposed a lot of people as, I don't know, vicious. I mean, animals. People were there's some during that game. There's some real vicious people over that game. There's some really, really uh, vicious people over that game. You're right. Uh, but it, it, there was $1,000 worth of prizes in there. So think about that, Ben. You got uh, 10 of the $1,000 with your scratch-off, at least. Uh, so there you go. Well, was, I'm glad you boys went. Glad we had a good time. And uh, that was a fun night. Uh, at the And the award-winning Thomas Waybrecht was out there. I saw him again this morning. He might have been in the same clothes. I'm not sure. Not he said sure. he was off his other job today, so last night was a weekend for him. So No, no, he had a big night last night. He, he told me a little bit about what he did. and That that dude, boy, has he got – does he have a tiger by the tail? Jeez. Award winner, big TV producer, good-looking kid. Wow. Stayed out all night, I think. Uh, and then we saw McGee. Trent McGee on sports was there. It was great to see McGee last night. So that was a lot of fun. All right, uh, why don't we go ahead and grab a break, boys? We'll come back. Uh, Kind of a quasi-pirate report. In case you're just joining us, uh, we've been on since right before 4 o'clock. A little breakdown of uh, ECU and Liberty. Pirates lose it today in the Hall of Fame shootout out in Charlotte, 74-64, after leading in the first half by double figures and leading at halftime. We'll uh, come back, have a little more from that. And then Rini and Golia, a little bit later on, will be with us on the Patrick Johnson Show. Stay tuned. Finally, Greenville has a new PT's Grill. PT's Old Fashioned Grill is open on Greenville Boulevard across from Ashley Furniture. With burgers, fries, chicken sandwiches, salads, even two vegan burgers. PT's Old Fashioned Grill uses fresh, never-frozen beef and chicken, plus their famous hand-cut fries are prepared daily for each meal. They also have hand-squeezed lemonade and local beers on tap. For lunch or dinner, check out PT's Old Fashioned Grill on Greenville Boulevard in Greenville, and you'll understand what all the excitement is about. Greenville Awning and Canopy wants you to be able to go outside without all the aggravation from outdoor pests. In addition to their custom awnings for your home or business, Greenville Awning and Canopy now offers screening services for your porch or deck. Call today to schedule your free estimate with Greenville Awning and Canopy, 252-752-1261. That's 252-752-1261. Whether you're looking for a new awning or screened-in deck, Greenville Awning and Canopy has got you covered. 
To say that college life has changed is an understatement. And now Greenville has the top luxurious student living complex in the country. It's the Jolly Roger at the corner of Cotanch and 14th Street. From the rooftop pool to the first class fitness center, there's even a stadium viewing deck where you can watch your pirates. The Jolly Roger offers one to four bedroom pet friendly apartments with cutting edge detail finishes in each unit and private study spaces on each floor. Come see it at 1307 Cotanch Street or learn more at live at jollyroger.com. It's time to think about gift giving, and Bertie County Peanuts has all you need to make everyone on your list happy. Whether you need gifts for friends and family or business appreciation gifts for clients and colleagues, Bertie County Peanuts has you covered. Check out their selection of gourmet products online at BertieCountyPeanuts.net. Call them at 800-457-0005 or visit them in Windsor at Powell and Stokes. Bertie County Peanuts, a Christmas tradition all over North Carolina. Fantastic Sam's Cut and Color Salons are open and ready to serve you. We have taken steps to ensure your safety. Our locally owned and operated salons are ready to provide your next haircut, color, highlights, facial wax, or hair treatments. Please support your local salon by calling for an appointment today. Fantastic Sam's, affordable by design, caring by nature. Locations in Goldsboro, Kinston, Greenville, Newburn, Moorhead City, Jacksonville, and Calabash. Chico's Mexican Restaurant is the home of the best margaritas. Grab your amigos and head to Chico's every Tuesday for the Gulp of Mexico, a huge 46-ounce lime margarita for only $6.99. On Thursdays, relax and enjoy half-priced pitchers of Chico's house margaritas. Choose from lime, strawberry, blood orange, raspberry, or peach. For Mexican food and fun, it's got to be Chico's in downtown Greenville and now available through DoorDash, featuring a half-gallon of the famous margarita mix to go for only $9.99. Chico's, where the fiesta never ends. Happy hours are always a swashbuckling good time with the P-Man. Happy hour for me never starts till after five. Me either. This is only number three. Let's get back to the Patrick Johnson Show here on 94.3 The Game, the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. Final Friday of uh, the year for the old P-Man. We're off next uh, Friday because of Christmas Eve, obviously. Obvi. And then uh, you guys are going to do uh, New Year's Eve, right? Yeah, we're down. All right. The New Year's Good. Eve special. The extravaganza. We need, we need to get John Moore to voice the uh, promos again, though. Get a ball to drop in here. Yeah, I think Antigua will be celebrating ringing in the New Year. Germany or something. I don't know. You guys will handle One of those coaches right. over there. One of them over there. Uh, East Carolina lost uh, to Liberty today after leading uh, in the game early by double digits. They were up three at the half and played, I thought, a pretty decent first half. Uh, but Liberty really uh, exerted their will in the uh, second half of that game. Uh, this uh, is from Cy Seymour. Cy, of course, analyst for uh, ESPN Plus this year, calling Pirate Hoops in Greenville. And this is uh, what Cy had to say about, I mean, a Liberty team that's won the third most games of anybody in the country the last three years. Uh, what makes Liberty tick? What makes them so good? This is Cy Seymour earlier on the Patrick Johnson Show. The Liberty team has won 41 straight home games. They are in the top three in wins over the past three years. The other two teams are Gonzaga and Baylor. 
So this is a program that is used to winning, and they're very physical, and they wear you down. Uh, a lot of bumps that they, they can do and did a nice job with, and and uh, they just outfit physical East Carolina, and Pirates were in it. They just couldn't turn the corner, and that's what good teams do. They don't allow you to do that. And give credit to Liberty. They've got they've got good players in every position. They can all shoot, and also they can cut, and, and they go hard to the bucket. Very well coached, good basketball team. This is Joe Dooley on uh, the Pirates and just a disappointing second half. Yeah, we didn't have any composure. I mean, our, our poise in the second half – uh, when, when it went a little south, it was shot selection, and uh, we gave up too many easy baskets. But shot selection was a big part of that. It's the same thing as the turnover. We had some stretches where we didn't execute, or we executed, and then we settled for bad shots. And I uh, hadn't done that in a little bit, but I think part of it was their defense and their pack line, and we we caved to that the pack line defense and didn't try to drive it, and we didn't pivot, and obviously we didn't make any shots. So that doesn't help either. Darius McGee led the way with 27 points for Liberty. He came in uh, their leading scorer, leading shooter from behind the arc and uh, hit four second-half threes as the uh, Pirates uh, could not contain the kid from Roxborough. Joe Dooley, uh, a tip of the cap to Darius McGee. Yeah, I mean, he was the best player in the game by far, not even close. He, he dominated from beginning to end. I like his poise. Misses, he just he never changed his body language. Um, Never changed his pace, just sort of did what he did, as did they all. I mean, they, they took advantage of every mistake we made, and uh, we didn't do the same to them, which we need to figure out how to do. And back to Cy Seymour, uh, frustrated on some of the calls in the uh, game, and says, uh, from a coach's perspective, that's tough. The, the coach in me, if I'm coaching ECU, I was frustrated a little bit by some of the calls. And, and, and listen, ECU went to the line fine, but uh, the bumps, that, and, and listen, Liberty, Virginia, that, that's the style they play. They're going to bump you and be physical, and it's how it's played. If the officials let that go, then it affects you. Uh, Franklin one time backed down, and he barely touched a kid that was 150 pounds. And yeah. the kid falls, and he gets a charge call. If that's a big man on him, Frank probably finishes. But my point is, it's not that it's a poorly called game. It's just one that's called and let, letting you get away with a little bit. And then you call that when you say, well, wait a minute, they're bumping and hitting inside the paint like crazy. But that, that's kind of what you go through. Having said that, the officials did not win or lose that game. But they, the, uh, the style of play that Liberty likes, that kind, that kind of game favors uh, that team. And Coach Dooley uh, thought that that kind of worrying about what the officials were and were not calling really shined through as far as ECU, as he mentioned, kind of coming unraveled, a real lack of maturity in the second half. We had some, we didn't, we weren't, we're not mature enough yet to figure out when things aren't going well that you have to worry, don't worry about the referees, don't worry about Liberty, worry about what we're supposed to do and how we're supposed to do it and all those other things take care of themselves. So, McGee, as we mentioned, with 27 foreign double figures, including uh, Alex Road uh, for the, uh, or Kyle Road, excuse me, for the uh, Liberty uh, Flames. I mean, he's made, what, seven threes all year? He hit three in the game this afternoon. Three big ones, too. Yeah, they were well-timed. Uh, Vance Jackson led the way with uh, 15 and 10 for the Pirates. Newton had 15. Uh, Miles with 11 for ECU, although they uh, kind of made him a dribble jump shooter today. Uh, Zoe Frank, nice 
return for him, eight points, four rebounds, but kind of saw limited action in the second half. And uh, Liberty just simply won this game today. This wasn't the case. I mean, the Pirates did themselves no favors. But, Ben, I, you know, I don't know if this was so much ECU lost as Liberty kind of won this game by exerting their will. Absolutely. We saw it on defense. We saw it on offense. Veteran guys stepping up late in the ball game when it mattered. I mean, this is a team that just knows how to win. They've been there and they've done it before. Yep, absolutely. And uh, disappointing. Pirates 8-3. and three, And, uh, look, to get out of the, the conference – uh, the pre-portion uh, of the schedule, pre-conference portion of the schedule, nine and three is doable. Uh, noon game on Tuesday. That is a tough uh, assignment from where I- I'm sitting because I-, I just it's a tough regular season start. Uh, I, you know, Christmas break, and I realize the students aren't going to be around and, and all of that. I'll be but, there. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, I, I mean, I think you'd probably be there anyway. Me and the ref would be there. Yeah, but I mean, if you guys weren't, you know, they're covering it, you'd be probably in the stands. At yeah. least you would, Ben. Yeah, absolutely. And and I mean, and I only say that because Philip would probably, you know, be back home or something. But you know, I, I to me, it's just that's a tough, tough deal because like today, and I thought first half ECU had a lot of energy. Liberty made a run to get ahead of them in the first half, but the Pirates responded with a really nice run of their own. But, you know, the Flames got it to a manageable situation at halftime. And then just the first, well, really the whole second half just dictated what happened. So a tough loss for ECU, and now they'll have Southern Miss coming in. And that's going to be a a game where the Pirates are going to have to be ready because decent front line, their best player is a former ECU player. He's out for the rest of the year. So, I mean, it's going to be one of those deals where Pirates Pirates are going to have to have to play. All right. Uh, we'll get to more of that uh, coming up. Uh, got Rini and Golia on deck. Want to get to him, talk some bowl games. Right now, uh, an update from uh, the ref, Philip Pilkington. A lot of games, both in football and in basketball, either being canceled, postponed, or, or just kind of shoved back a couple of days due to COVID. Here is the ref with the latest on that. Philip Pilkington here with your 94.3 The Game Sports Update. In College Hoops, the Hall of Fame basketball shootout in Charlotte is currently underway as Virginia Tech leads St. Bonaventure midway through the second half by 30 by a score of 57-27. Earlier today, ECU fell in the opening game of that tournament, or classic, 74-64. Still to come tonight, Richmond NC State and Wake Charlotte. Another notable college basketball game tonight is Big East League play gets underway as Creighton hosts number nine, Villanova. Hopefully a third time is a charm for Duke basketball, who was originally supposed to play Cleveland State tomorrow. Cleveland State had to cancel due to COVID, so the Blue Devils scheduled Loyola, Maryland. That game suffered the same fate. Now they will play Elon tomorrow in Cameron. Tomorrow's CBS Classic was supposed to be UCLA and North Carolina and Ohio State against Kentucky. LA and Ohio State have both dropped out, so UK will play UNC. NFL game changes tomorrow was originally supposed to be Raiders-Browns. That's been moved to Monday at 5. Seahawks-Rams was originally supposed to be played Sunday. That's been moved to Tuesday at 7. And same thing for Philly and Washington. Saints will be without head coach Sean Payton Sunday night against Tampa Bay as he's in virus protocol. And Chargers tight end Darnold Parham Jr. has a concussion after a hit he took in the first half of last night's game against Kansas City Chiefs. Bahamas Bowl was played earlier today in Middle Tennessee State beat Toledo 30 124. The Cure Bowl is later tonight. Coastal plays Northern Illinois. 
The Chanticleers are favored by 11.5 points. Kenny Pickett will not play in Pitt's game against Sparty as he get prepares for the NFL draft. In the NBA, a big game tonight is the Celtics host Golden State. The Warriors are favored by 3.5 in that one, and the Nets are bringing back Kyrie Irving for games that are played in cities where vaccines are not required to attend games. NASCAR has announced that they will up their horsepower from six or to 670 from 550 at all tracks next season with the exception of super speedways. Whether or not the new Atlanta configuration falls under the super speedway is yet to be determined. And local high school basketball going on tonight as Aiden Griffin plays Farmville Central and South Central plays Rose. Back to the P-Man after this timeout. More of the Patrick Johnson Show is coming up on your flagship home of Pirate Football, 94.3 The Game. Is your pharmacy fumbling when it comes to customer service, prescription fills, compounding, medical equipment, and enteral intravenous therapy? Perhaps it's time for you to allow HealthWise Pharmacy to score a touchdown in regards to your pharmaceutical needs. Locally owned and operated by pharmacist Marcy Parker, HealthWise Pharmacy puts you and your health first, offering top-of-the-line customer service, individual attention, and free prescription delivery to anywhere in Pitt County. HealthWise Pharmacy, 615B Memorial Drive in Greenville. Dr. Phil. Philip Goldstein and Dr. Danielle Hofat, the specialists at Carolina Digestive Diseases and Endoscopy Center, want to keep you healthy. These two doctors provide personal consultations and offer treatment and quality care for all your GI needs. Just call the office at 252-758-8181. Appointments are always available within five business days. Hi, this is Dr. Philip Goldstein reminding you that a colonoscopy can save your life. Visit our website, cddgastro.com, and come see us at Carolina Digestive Diseases. For a casual and relaxing dining experience, look no further than Main and Mill Oyster Bar and Tavern in downtown Winterville. Locally owned and operated by David and Kelly Munoz, Main and Mill Oyster Bar and Tavern offers a wide variety of appetizers, soups, salads, and entrees with specialty mixed drinks and a great selection of craft beers. Open Tuesday through Saturday, 4 until 10, or call 227-4399. Main and Mill Oyster Bar and Tavern in downtown Winterville. At Union Bank, we understand you live life on the go. That's why our banking options are designed to serve you wherever you are. Meet with us in person at one of our local branches, complete banking tasks on the go from the mobile app, or bank from your office with convenient remote deposit and cash management services. Whether you're managing a busy schedule or an entire business, we're right there with you with helpful tools. Call or visit us online at unionbanknc.com. At Union Bank, we're everywhere you need us to be. Union Bank, member FDIC and Equal housing lender. What's happening? I'll tell you what's happening. Log on to our new website, 943thegame.com, for PJ Shot Podcasts and the latest news on the Pirates. This is happening. Now, back to Patrick Johnson on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 943 The Game. Crazy. But that's how it goes. Full season kicking off today. Tomorrow, there's just a whole litany of uh, games. Uh, that will include the uh, RoofClaim.com Boca Raton Bowl, which will feature uh, Appalachian State Pirate Opponent Celebration Bowl, Deion Sanders, and uh, Jackson State, also South Carolina State in that one. The New Mexico Bowl, which will be at 2.15 on ESPN. Friend of the show, Rini Angolia. The Rockets, the Rockets, will be part of the broadcast team. UTEP. 
Uh, and uh, the uh, UTEP and uh, who is the other one, Ray? Fresno State. Fresno. I mean, yeah, listen, there's so many bowl games. It just it, it escapes you, and I get it. And then we got, let me just run down tomorrow. So the Independence Bowl, UAB and BYU. There's the Lending Tree Bowl, which will have Liberty, I guess, against Eastern Michigan. The Jimmy Kimmel L.A. Bowl. Why did you get that one, Reenie? Uh, and then, I don't know. And then the New Orleans Bowl is uh, tomorrow. And then, of course, Monday, the uh, Myrtle Beach Bowl. All right. Pirates are going to be in the Military Bowl. Rini and Golia for uh, ESPN Plus hosted this huge sort of bowl preview with the American. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about his game tomorrow. He's been good enough to give us a few minutes here. Uh, Rini, hello from Albuquerque. CJ, how you doing, my friend? I'm great. Thank you for taking a few minutes with us here on our Super Size Deluxe show today. Uh, all Absolutely. right. Well, let's uh, let's start with the, the big story in the American. Cincinnati, Alabama, Cotton Bowl in the college football playoff. Yeah, I mean, listen, it's, it's, a, it's a big deal. It really is. I know Luke Fickle, you know, tried to downplay it, but they're the first group of five team, right, to make the playoff. I mean, you know, they're probably going to be the last. Because I think it's going to end up going to twelve yeah. before another team makes it. And everything had to align right for them, and they did what they needed to do. The stars aligned, and they got in. And uh, now they get a shot at, at number one, right? If you're going to get in, what the hell? Let's play the best. Let's play <laughs> Alabama. So, you know, uh, I'm happy for them, and I'm happy for the conference. I'm happy for the group of five. You know, and you know the people out there are like, oh, see, everyone bitched for all those years. The group of five made it in. Yeah, look what it took for them to yeah. get in and look how long it took. So, you know, uh, it, there's a bias against group of five. We all see it. The system as it is, isn't set up for the group of five. It just isn't. Um, and so it needs to expand to 12, but I think it will. It's just a, when is, is the question. What would you say right now? We got a long way to go, obviously, uh, with two weeks, but what would you say stands out to you most in this game uh, between Alabama and Cincinnati? I mean, what, what is, what is the thing that, uh, for both sides, are, are the highlights? Yeah, well, I think uh, Cincinnati, offensively, uh, they need to protect Desmond Ritter, and they have to be able to you know, kind of win the line of scrimmage to get Jerome Ford going, a former Alabama player. So, you know, he's going to be motivated. He had a great year for them. And I think, and I, I said this on a bowl special I did for the American, I think if Desmond Ritter can make plays with his feet, you know, not necessarily called runs for him, although I think they will call some runs for him, but just, you know, that, that kind of spontaneous break the pocket on a pass and just make some plays. I, I think that has kind of been a bugaboo for, for Alabama defenses in the past. So I think offensively, if they can do that, and then defensively, you know, you're going up against the Heisman Trophy winner and Bryce Young. You just, you got to kind of make him uncomfortable, right? Mm -hmm. The thing about Bryce Young, what makes him so good is he throws really well on the run, and his vision on the run is good. Now I know, you know, Mechie's out, but Jamison Williams, uh, Williams is just a uh, you know all American this year, a great season. There's a lot of young receivers on that roster that no one's heard their name. Someone's going to step up, believe me. And then the thing for Alabama offensively. If that offensive line play, and I said this, if that offensive line plays the way they did against Georgia yeah. and not the way they played against Auburn, I don't think Cincinnati beat them. I yeah. just don't. Yeah. Um, because everything was clicking uh, when they played Georgia. Um, now, for Alabama to go out and play that exact way they played against Georgia, I mean, 
all their cylinders got to be firing, right? It's not necessarily could happen that way. So if that doesn't happen and they play more like the team that played against Auburn and eked it out, I think Cincinnati has a chance. Because here's the other thing, PJ. Yeah. The pressure is now off Cincinnati. So I think, you know, Desmond Ritter, they were feeling the pressure all year because, you know, people were saying, well, not only do you got to win and go undefeated, it's the eye test, right? You need to blow teams out. And so they struggled against some teams, Tulane, Navy, or they just, you know, they just kind of just won the game. Now that pressure is off them. It's reversed. I, the pressure to me goes back to Alabama. And if you're Luke Fickle in Cincinnati, you're playing with house money, you know, because no one is expecting you to win that game. So, hey, let it fly. Uh, go after them. Have some fun and, and, and let the chips fall where they may. ESPN, college football analysts. Played in the NFL, played with UMass, should be in the College Football Hall of Fame. We're going to continue to press that uh, issue here on our humble little radio clubhouse. He's calling New Mexico Bowl matchup between UTEP and Fresno State tomorrow at 2.15 on ESPN. We'll talk more about that. It's Rini Angolia joining us. Uh, just a quick thought, Michigan-Georgia on the other side of the semifinals since we're, we're talking about the national semis. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to that matchup. Listen, Georgia obviously wanted to win the SEC championship, right? But if you're going to lose and get punched in the mouth the way they did against Alabama – you know, it didn't knock them out of the playoff. And I think, you know, it probably woke them up, right? I, I really do. So they're a very talented team. They're loaded. Um, and so I like them against Michigan. Michigan is just that, you know, kind of really physical team as well. Downhill, big offensive line. But I think from top to bottom, the athleticism. And I'm not saying that Michigan doesn't have athletes because, of course, they do. But from top to bottom of your roster, uh, Georgia's loaded. There's athletes everywhere. And Georgia can play that kind of punch you right in the mouth type of football as well up front. And that's what I think they're going to do. They're going to just really stop that run. They're going to force Cade McNamara to try to make some plays down the field, which I don't really think is his strength. Yeah. And I think they're just going to get after uh, Michigan. I think they'll win it. And ultimately, I know, you know, people probably uh, everywhere but the South and even probably some people in the South. I don't want to hear this, but I think we're looking for an for an Alabama Georgia repeat. I yeah. just I just do. Yeah. All right, Rennie Angolia with us. Uh, bowl special for the American ESPN Plus. You can find it there on the archives. Uh, Rennie was in Texas this week uh, for that show. Great job uh, on that. Caught a little bit of it. Going to watch the whole thing uh, tonight or this weekend uh, as we're starting the bowl season. Already underway with the Bahamas Bowl and the uh, Cure Bowl coming up later on in Rennie's. Uh, uh, current home city of Orlando. Yeah, I, I had to fly to Albuquerque. They didn't want me to drive 15 minutes, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> I love it. I love salty Rini. I like it. All right. That's uh, all right. I got a headache from the flight. That's why I'm a little salty. <laughs> I see. But it's I all good. Well, it's the altitude. All right. Uh, military Bowl. Obviously, we're keeping a watchful eye on that. Coming up on the 27th uh, from uh, Annapolis. It'll be Boston College in East Carolina. How do you see that matchup as BC's gotten healthy? Pirates, of course, finished the year pretty strong. So I want to say I called that bowl, the mm -hmm. military bowl, in 18 or 19. I don't remember, but I love it in Annapolis. And the, the year I called it, it was Cincinnati, Virginia Tech, and Cincinnati. That was really the game that really, I think, got Cincinnati going, right, into this run where they are today. And they beat Virginia Tech, an ACC team. So maybe that's a little juju, right, for uh, 
for ECU. I, listen, I like ECU. You know, I was bullish on the Pirates. You were in the in the in the uh, media day special I did for the American. I thought they were going to be the surprise of the American. You know, I didn't think they could win the American, but I thought they were going to beat some teams that no one thought they would. I thought Mike Houston would get them bowl eligible. And uh, so, yeah, I'm going to beat my chest right now. So I'm bullish on them, and I like them against BC. I think when you get to these bowl games, motivation matters. I think they're really motivated. Uh, you know, Holt Merritt is coming back. I, I love it. Uh, Keaton Mitchell, the running back, I think the defense uh, with Juan McMillan is playing really well. So I just, I like that motivation of them going into that game. And uh, you know, not to say that Boston College won't be – uh, motivated, but I just I give the edge to ECU, and uh, I think it's going to be a fun game, and I'm I'm happy for the fans and the players. You know Mike Houston really well. Rini Angolia, ESPN college football analyst, will be on the uh, New Mexico Bowl call tomorrow on ESPN at two fifteen. You uh, obviously have gotten to know Mike Houston really well. Uh, gets the contract extension, so another five years in Greenville. There's uh, the commitment coming uh, to start to invest more funds into the assistant coaches. Uh, but also invest more funds into uh, facilities, particularly indoor practice. A lot of uh, NIL talk this week, so there's even been a little scuttlebutt of, hey, let's let's try to figure out a way to get that community engaged into uh, that aspect of things. Stability yeah, I mean- stability, and, and, again, that commitment are big things that I think the Pirates have going for them with Mike Houston. Yeah, and you have to do that. And, and you know, the cra- this is the craziest year I think any of us have ever seen, right, with coaching changes. It's just it's, – it's incredible. And so you talk about the 28 head coaches, right, that changed places in FBS, but no one ever talks about the, the – little. it's probably going to be hundreds of assistant coaches, right? So yeah. you mentioned it. You want the, 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 the pay pool higher for your assistant so you can retain good assistants. And, and if you have a coach you like, you, you got to re-up them. Because there's just there's so many opportunities in other programs that are struggling. See a coach is successful somewhere and say, well, he can do that for us, and we can pay him more money. Let's go get him. And it's just it's been crazy. So yeah, I applaud ECU for re-upping him. And yeah, you you know you need those things uh, in terms of you know the indoor facility and, and as many of those things that you can get. That's only going to help your program, especially in recruiting, because that's another you know, animal that we're probably not going to touch today. It's just crazy in what's going on. So, but yeah, you, you need to put the investment in uh, if you want to have a good football program. And the good thing about the the schools and the school presidents, I think they've all come to realize, even the ones that let's be honest, probably really aren't football fans. They've all come to realize that football drives the bus and the notoriety and what it brings back to the universities when you have a successful football pro- program it's it's not even measurable it's it, 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 so it would cost so much money to get the advertisement for a university that a that a winning football program that goes to a bowl game brings back and all these presidents and school administrators they all know that now so now they're like yeah let's put some money into football because guess what if they win we're going to get it back and everyone's seeing that now all right let me ask you this real quick because we kind of touched on it there uh, Jackson State gets Travis Hunter, yep. the, the top recruit, and lures him away from Florida State. Had Alabama or Georgia or USC with Lincoln Riley, Texas, had somebody lured him away from Florida State that was a big boy, I, I think everybody would have been, okay, well, there's a surprise. But there seems to be a lot of uh, 
I don't know. It, it seems like some of our friends in the media, you know who some of them are, Reenie. We know who some of them are. Don't really like this. You know, they're all for uh, Dion and, and the uprising, as I am, of HBCUs because, you know, they play, they play some pretty good football. Uh, they're in a bowl tomorrow is Jackson State. But, you know, there's also that thought of, I guess, because of Barstool's involvement. Well, I don't know about this. Why are we, you know. But this is the new reality with this name, image, and likeness, is, is it not? It is. And so the NCAA dropped the ball, right? I mean, the NCAA, I think, spent, I don't know, $70 million, I mean, ridiculous, in trying to fight NIL, right? Hired all these lawyers. They spent all this money. And what happens? They lost uh, at the Supreme Court level 9 to nothing, which never happens, right? right? Supreme Court all <laughs> for, agreeing. For once, that's everyone reads They all reach yes, across the aisle. <laughs> yeah, that's how much of a butt-kicking the NCAA got. So they never got a grasp of this. Instead of saying to themselves, instead of spending $70 million to fight this, how about just take some money – Get some really smart people in a room, and, and and let's create a pathway to make it equitable because it was going to happen. Instead, they try to fight it, they lose, then they just they just still punt. They have not, and now it's the wild, wild west, right? Yeah. So now every state's doing it different, and and I completely understand. I completely understand. So, and it's probably only going to evolve and, and and get crazier. Um. So I, I don't know the answer. Listen, I'm all for players. Uh, uh, making money, I, I really am. I just, I'm on the side where I wish it was a, it was controlled, right? Because if a company comes and, and I don't know, I, I, I saw on social media and who knows what that is, but that the the deal to go to Jackson State was 1.5 to two million dollars. I mean, that, something yeah, like that. If it is, that's insane. So, that's crazy. Yeah, and so you know, an 18 year old kid's not going to turn that down because here's the deal: even though it's an HBCU. He's playing for Deion Sanders, who's never, you know, shy for attention. So he's going to get attention to that program. Um, by the way, ESPN puts on all the HBCUs, if you haven't noticed, if you're not this crazy college football fan, if you, you look at the, the broad spectrum, all the HBCU games are on. So you don't think the Jackson State games are going to be on a lot more, right, with, yeah. with Deion and these yeah. bigger recruits. Yeah. So, you know, and, and so and everyone wants to kind of, you know, crap on Florida State, if you will, because they lost him. This kid had offers. You mentioned Georgia. He had offers from all these other big yeah, blue, blue yeah, bloods. Yeah. So it wasn't just Florida State. It was just kind of Florida State is where he, you know, everyone thought he was going. They got burned at the last minute. So you're going to see more of it. I mean, you're going to – without any, you know, kind of regulations, right, you're going to see more of it because nothing prevents a big-time booster from coming in saying, I'm going to – give an NIL deal to, you know, all your offensive linemen. And this is what they're right. going to get, and this is what they're we're going to use their name, image, and likeness for. And, and we're already seeing it at, at the Texas. You're, you're going to see it everywhere. Um, so, you know, you know, where it leads us for college football, uh, like you, I'm about to buckle up, sit back, and take the ride and see where it goes. Rini and Goli with anyone us. knows. No, nobody does. Rini and Goli goes. A couple more things for you here. I uh, want to hit on one more bowl involving a team from the uh, AAC. I'm intrigued by this. I know you are as well. Gasparilla Bowl, Tampa, sold out, UCF, and Florida. Very interesting game on the 23rd. And, and make no mistake about it, and I know you know this, PJ, uh, that game sold out because of UCF, man. Yeah. Um, you have a 6-6 six and six Florida team that, that – I know for a fact, if you talk to any of their boosters or any of their hardcore fans, 
They may not say it publicly. They want nothing to do with this game. It's the classic. <laughs> if you if you beat UCF, well, you're supposed to. You're in the SEC. They're in the American. Um, and and if you lose to them, it's like how could you lose to them, right? And, and you, we see everything that's going on in Florida. Your head coach is fired. Um, Anthony Richardson, one of your quarterbacks, is hurt. And then I, I I knew Emory Jones was in the transfer portal, but he's playing, which is just nuts. That's how nuts college football is right now. He's in the transfer portal, but he's going to be the starting. He's going to be the starting quarterback. And so, and I kind of understand why because Coach Knox, the interim coach, he probably figures, well, Billy Napier when he comes in, I'm probably not staying. I'm probably gone too. Come on back and play, right? Because Billy Napier is not coaching. He's just there observing everything. So. That is crazy to me, but hey, we, we're, we're seeing it all. So motivation-wise, I think UCF motivated and ready to go. The problem with UCF is they've had a ton of injuries. Um, you know, They've won eight games, but they got a freshman quarterback. Obviously, Dylan Gabriel, he's going to UCLA. Yeah. He was hurt anyway, but he's leaving. But motivation-wise, fan-wise, excitement, all in the corner of UCF. Now listen, Florida's still got stuck. It's still an SEC team, but we know – when you come into these bowl games, do you want to be there or not? And I know UCF's going to want to be there. I'm not so sure about Florida. So for that reason, I give the edge to UCF. But game-wise, I just I kind of think it's a toss-up. But we'll see. But that's a fun one. That is definitely one that you need to watch. I mean, the folks at the Gasparilla Bowl, bowl are like, yes, yes, and yes. I mean, we did the right thing bringing these two teams in. I mean, to sell that bowl game out at Raymond James Stadium is incredible. It's a big stadium. All right, your game tomorrow, New Mexico Bowl. Fresno State was in the top 25 at times this year. And then you have UTEP, kind of a resurgence of their program, which is good to see. Yeah. So a couple of real interesting things. So uh, Dana Dimmel, the head coach at UTEP, this will be his first bowl game as a head coach. And he, he's coached you know a long time. He's been to bowl games as an assistant. So that's, that's an interesting little tidbit. They have, UTEP has not won a bowl game won a bowl game yeah. since 1967. So there's a little motivation there, right, <laughs> to try to, to get a win. I think they were in a bowl game in 2015, but they haven't won one since 67 before you and I were born. I know that. Yeah. Um, so they're going to be motivated. And then Fresno State, if you paid attention, you might not have um, in, in the Carolinas of what's going on out west. They're 9-3. They're and three. They've had a really good year. Their head coach, Kalen DeBoer, has left, and he took the Washington job. He took uh, his offensive coordinator, Ryan Grubb, with him. He took some other assistant coaches. And now they they have a, they had a really good quarterback this year, Jake Hayner. You may have heard of him. Uh, he's only thrown for just a tad under 4,000 yards this year and 32 touchdowns. So when his head coach and his offensive coordinator went to Washington, the season ended, he put himself in a transfer portal. Hmm. And he was going to go to Washington, which, oh, by the way, is where he started his career. Okay, um, if you can keep track of that. So he was going to go back to Washington, and then uh, Fresno State um, hires Jeff Tedford back, who was the State coach a couple of years ago. Hayner comes back out of the transfer portal, and he's going to play in the bowl game tomorrow. However, we don't know if he's going to start. They have not named a starting quarterback because um, they've gave, given a lot of reps to a couple of their other quarterbacks. They have uh, Fresno State has a really good running back in Ronnie Rivers. Uh, you know, he's a thousand yard type rusher that it's going to get a chance to play on Sundays. We're hearing he may opt out for the NFL. So, holy cow, is there a lot of stuff going on 
for Fresno State. So, yeah. um, but they are really loaded. They have a lot of talent. Again, nine and three. They beat twenty-one ranked San Diego State. They ended their season. Uh, they won, I think, four of their last five. Whereas UTEP lost four of their last five. So, uh, teams kind of you know little different mojo going on. But uh, it'll be interesting if, if you're you're into gambling. If you're one of those folks, <laughs> uh, this is the highest spread of them all. Oh, really? I think it's a, yeah, I think. Fresno's favored by 11, 11 and a half. But I think it might have dropped. I haven't checked lately because well, yeah, uh, they because Fresno hasn't named a starting quarterback. So, but yeah, I'm intrigued by this one. I'm intrigued for sure. It, by the way, all for entertainment purposes only. Rini and Golia. Yeah. Tomorrow, exactly. two fifteen ESPN New Mexico Bowl. Uh, look, I got a quick second if you got a minute for me here. Yeah, go. Kenny Pickett. Absolutely. Not going to play in the in the uh, Peach Bowl. Uh. Likely going as the top guy in the NFL. We're not talking, you know, a uh, what would be considered maybe a lower tier bowl. I mean, we're Peach Bowl's in that New yeah. Year's Six rotation, so that's a pretty big deal. This is a big deal for Pitt, who hasn't probably been in this high profile a bowl game in many, many moons. So my, my so question, I, yeah, I mean, okay. what, where are you on that, Rini? Where are you on, so, on guys, listen, you know, I'm, sitting out bowl games? In general, I'm against it but I understand it, right? It's not my decision to make. That's a, that's a big boy decision. So I did, you know, I did pitch last regular season yeah. game mm-hmm. at, at Syracuse. Um, he really, uh, Kenny Pickett was really tight with Mark Whipple, the offensive coordinator. Mark Whipple, when the season ended, uh, left and went to Nebraska. Once he left and went to Nebraska, I said to myself, oh no, Kenny Pickett's going to bolt. I knew he was going to leave. He's really tight w- with Whipple. He just is. And he leans on Mark Whipple a lot. Um, and that, and really, Mark Whipple is, is was the key instrument of why Kenny Pickett came back this year because he was going to leave. And boy, that may be that's one of the best decisions in college football history, right? For him to come back because last year he probably was going to be a fifth, sixth round pick. You know, I'm thinking, uh, and he's 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 a first round guy um, with what he did. I really believe he's, he's got those attributes and, and the on strength. So he made himself a lot of money. And, and now to, to the crux of your question, yeah, he's passing on a New Year's, New Year's Six Bowl, um, and it just goes to show you uh, people's mindset. Now, with that said, again, I think if Mark Whipple was still his coach, his offensive coordinator, out of respect and everything they've been through, uh, I think he would have played. Um, but once Whip left, I just think that just kind of pushed him even further to say, you know what, I'm just going to sit this one out and give the backup quarterback the chance, which, you know, it, it stinks because, again, it is a Peach Bowl, but here – PJ, trust me when I tell you this. It's only a matter of time before we see someone do it uh, in the playoffs. One of the four teams. You think it's so? gonna happen. You think yeah, so? Yeah, I do because you now we're we've moved up right to a New Year's Six, right? I mean, I, I don't know how many have done New Year's Six. I'm sure I, I should probably shouldn't be sure. Pick it, maybe the first. Uh, there's probably been others. Um, I, I, I just I just think at the end of the day, these guys just look at those paychecks. And, and the other issue is. Who's in their ears, right? What yeah, kind of guidance yeah. are they getting? What are they being told? You know, and, and in Kenny Pickett's situation, he won the ACC, which is, you know, ACC championship, which is a big deal for Pitt. Uh, look how many wins they had, um, regular, 11 regular season wins. Um, he breaks San Marino's records, right? I think he broke um, yeah. the touchdown records. Yeah. yeah, he did. Yeah. Um, so, for, for the all that standpoint, you understand why he left. No, I can see if you're a pit man, you're a little ticked because you're like, man, I'd like to win that, you know, the Peach Bowl. But, oh, by the way, um, Walker, the, <laughs> the 
who finished, I think, sixth in the Heisman, Kenneth Walker from Michigan State, also in that game, he's opting out too. So yeah. the two highest profile players aren't playing in that game. And so, yeah, if you're the Peach Bowl, uh, you're like, oh, that stinks, right? But listen, that is the world we live in. College football is crazy right now. Um, some people will agree with it. Some people won't. But the one thing we do agree on, it's crazy, and we love this sport, and that's why we talk about it all year. There's never too many bowl games. Don't let anyone tell you there's too many bowl games. Um, Kirk Herbstreit, who I work with, loves to say that. There's no such thing. Yeah, I, think, I think we have all together, I think, 43, 44 bowl games. Now, let's get it to 50. What the hell? <laughs> there's some coaches that agree with you. All right, uh, Rini and Goalie, great to talk to you, my friend, and uh, have a good call tomorrow. We might call on you a little bit here uh, later before, you know, as the Bulls on play next week. We'll see. But thanks for taking Absolutely. a few minutes with us. And if I, if I don't talk to you before uh, the holiday, Merry Christmas, my friend. Same to you, Rini. Take care. Rini and Golia there. Uh, all right, uh, great job today. Ben Byram, Philip the Ref Pilkington, Chill Phil. Nice job, guys. And uh, we'll be back Monday, normal time, 5 o'clock. Uh, Patrick Johnson Show. Jim Zoki will be on with us. And uh, we'll uh, break down everything going on. I, I, I fear we're going to have some more cancellations and postponements. We'll see. And coming up uh, next week, we'll get you ready for ECU, not only in the bowl game, but also uh, get you ready for ECU on the hardwood on Tuesday against Southern Miss. Pirates lose it today, 74-64 to Liberty in Charlotte. For Cy Seymour, uh, thanks to him, also Rini Angoli and our crew, Patrick Johnson. Have a, a great weekend. Be safe. See you Monday. <laughs>